Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. want to be one of the best brewers there is. I stopped uh, dressing all in plastic. You better be brewing five to six times a week. A beer, every beer, is made with love and uh, it begs to, to be appreciated. I need something to kill the salmonella I'm kind of worried about in the eggs. Do you find that uh, that the hops kind of clash with the uh, chicken embryo you put in there? <laughs> well, I might sleep here tonight. It's a California <laughs> king. There's plenty of room for both of us, Beavis. Yeah. How many of the brewers over there have seen your ass? That's it. Someone's getting cut tonight. All I yeah. have to say is Hey, McDonald, how you doing? <laughs> now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Yeah, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to The Session, the show that just keeps on giving. I don't know what it gives, but it keeps on giving it. Sometimes it gives things that that burn when it pees, and other times it gives you good things, like JP. Hi. He's a good thing. Hi. Hi, JP. Hi. How are you? I'm okay. How yeah? are you doing? Yeah. Doing good. Huh? Except for our ant invasion we had today. I saw that. You I... had who? Schumann's ants came and your ant came? And... <laughs> no, not that one. That would have been a Flo. good ant invasion. Uh-huh. Ant flow came. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Graham's with us today. Happy to have Graham back in the studio. That's my first line of the day. <laughs> He's just getting started. His average is already better than yours, JP. Well, you know... <laughs> <laughs> Rookie season, it's fine. Yeah, that's right. Uh, some people just come out with a bang, you know. Yeah, I'm done. I have a uh, today is a show of tips and tricks. I'll tell you about that in a second. I've, I'm going to start off with our uh, your very first tip for today. Uh, Star Sand Solution, mm-hmm. little, just your your standard solution, right? Kills ants. Does it? Kills ants. Now, yeah. basically any soap and water solution will, will do a good job. Right. But uh, I think that Starsen has the added uh, benefit of being, uh, the, the, the pH is pretty jacked up too, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's enough yeah. to, I, I'm not, I'm just, I'm estimating. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know these things. I'm It's my hypothesis. Oh. But I don't like using uh, insecticide uh, spray. I just don't, there's something about it. It's not it's just creepy. the organic yeah. thing, but... You're spraying poison around the places that you eat off of and walk on and touch. And, right. So I just yeah. don't. I don't do it. Um, if you buy a lot of you guys, a lot of you have, who have grown hops, you, you know that uh, one of the problems with hops we have is the little aphids, little hop aphids. Mm-hmm. And I used to use organic spray 
for that. You could spray down your leaves. Yeah. And then I found out that really all that was was a soap and water solution. It was a fancy soap and water <laughs> solution, but that's all it was. Yeah. So anyhow, I come in the studio today, got this infestation of ants. Oh, dude. We've been fighting this battle with ants in our house all summer long. Actually, the, all, a lot of Northern California. Uh, Walnut Creek made it in the news a few weeks ago. Like, really? Back east, my dad calls me. He's like, I hear you're getting attacked by ants. <laughs> with the heat, they come inside looking for water. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, so I got them all over my desk today, and I'm not about... I can't go killing each individual one. Sure you can. Uh, I, I could That's have. fun. I suppose. Well, I have been I'm doing it a little bit. There's a few... You'll see them. If you look around, you'll catch a, a stray oh, here. Yeah, but yeah. if you go out killing them, you're killing like one thousandth of the right. whole thing so there's no point in actually killing them or spraying them or anything like that well i agree and i do the whole trap like the poison so they take it back exactly. to the colony. like that's the only way to do it i mean forget mm-hmm. about it. It, it don't just spray them but still i didn't want them walking all over the desk while i'm while i'm doing the trap thing <laughs> yeah. i mean we got a show to do because <laughs> you never kn- pardon my ants <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, like, hey thanks for coming guys yeah, you actually. never know where those things have been sorry about the ants they're probably uh picking up little skin molecules from human's room oh, <laughs> oh, walking oh. around bringing them out yes. here yeah. See, it's not exactly. The only thing they're point. picking up from Schumann's room. <laughs> right. Yeah, they're probably bringing the crabs are yeah. biting them. Yeah. So just a heads up is, is that you should use the uh, the traps. It's the only thing that's going to work. Some kind of a poison that, that they take back with them. But if you're going to spray, if you need to get rid of the ones on the counter, star sand. Nice. That's very good. Sanitize and it's as you kill. <laughs> Dude, we had an infestation. Remember that a couple years ago in the showroom? Uh, we had a, a, a router. Oh yeah. In the showroom, and and we couldn't figure out where the hell these things were coming from. Pick up the router. They were in the wireless router. The router and in a power supply. They, they were living. They'd actually shorted it out. That's how we found. That's them. right. Yeah. Oh. Now, now that was creepy. It was in the winter time. I See, I was living in my laptop. It's now, this is what I was going to ask. Gross. That's dirty. Yeah. I had heard, and it's just, you know, this is one of those rumors. internet, internet yeah. rumors, I guess. Yeah. I think that they're either attracted to or can consume uh, silicone. Because they will often <laughs> yeah. attack computers. Uh-huh. Stay away from Tim Anderson. It's just ants coming out yeah. everywhere. I hope that wound heals like, what's this star saying? It works. Well, because <laughs> here, too, there's no food in the studio. And I even, I think, wiped up the beer from the last time we were in here. Oh. So I think they were going for my computers, too. I don't know. It might be in the squirrel. Just a rumor. Could yeah. be the squirrel there well, walking I mean, out of the squirrel's ass. There's only one or two, so they're probably <laughs> just looking. You know, you'll know if they're after something. You'll, you know, you'll find more than one. Yeah, I guess. There was, but there was a train of them. There was like a whole, you know, it was like a yeah. full-on trail, like like there was going to, like there. Not the first train Like there's a food source, so I don't know what they were. Anyway, the point is, our first tip of the day, star, star sand. sand. Nice. Kills ants safely and sanitizes, which I felt really good about. <laughs> I was like, wow, I'm killing and cleaning. Sanitizer little dead bodies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> little dead carcasses. We do have a great show uh, planned for you today. Uh, I'm excited about this one. Something I think a lot of people are going to relate to. It is the uh, we, we've done an upgrading your equipment show with Graham before. Graham came in a very popular show. Uh, people still comment about it all the time. But what we didn't cover in that show, we just talked about why you would want to upgrade equipment and and the different options that you have, uh, which is very cool. Well, uh, due to the generosity of Chris Graham and the More Beer crew, uh, Shat and I now have ourselves a 1550 in our backyard, oh, yeah. which is, is getting some pretty good use already. And 
I remember, as we're starting to use this new system, uh, I remembered when I upgraded the last time, Oz came out here to visit for our anniversary party, and he got me going all green. He was pissed that I had been doing the show for a year, and I was still brewing on my stove. He thought that was it was bad form of a, of a beer broadcaster to be doing that. So he gave me the... Um, you know, the igloos that you guys sell there at More Beer so that I could do uh, a full mash and, and have a hot liquor tank and all that. And I remember how difficult that was, too. You have to adjust to all these things. So today what we're doing is, uh, along with Chris Graham and Tasty McDole and JP and questions from Shat and I, we're going to cover uh, things you got to remember and look out for when you upgrade your equipment, whatever it is. Because any time you change your brew system, it changes your whole brew. Exactly. You know, whether it be cooling your wort down or uh, or heating up your mash. Yeah, and it's not just on the on the homebrew side; it's the pro side too. When they get a new system, they have to figure it all out as well. Exactly. You know, and we've talked to that. Uh, we've talked to pro brewers about that before. Um, some of our good friends around here right now are are in the process of doing that. Vinny mm-hmm. over at Russian River just opened up a new brewery. You can be sure that the first batches that he had come out of there, uh, you know, not only were kind of difficult for him to do, but didn't come out as expected. So it, it's all across brewing. It has to do with all sorts of things that we probably won't we're not even going to get to all of it i mean we're talking you know the shape of your mash done the shape of your ferment all that stuff really comes into play but we're going to do our best to cover the basics uh which is you know some of the temperature changes you have to deal with how to get used to your efficiency volumes uh chilling all that sort of stuff if you've got questions 888-401-BEER plus beavis already yawning about this program is in the chat room (laughs) taking your questions again today And uh, uh, she'll get them over. Chris Graham's a, a great guy for this. He's a real gadget geek like we like. Uh, he he likes getting new equipment, <laughs> you think, right? Uh, he likes getting new equipment and, 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 and new gadgets. They're always doing that over at More Beer. So it's a good time to ask, even if it's about your system. You know, if you've got a specific question, call in 888-401-BEER or the chat room. Can, Can I give it depends answers? <laughs> you cannot. Sure. <laughs> well, only if it really does depend. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell the show is going to be boring because it's more boring than being married to Sam. I know. If she's uh, yawning about this, it's uh, got to be super God, boring. I can't wait no, to I'm, hang I'm, out with Sam now. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yawn. Right. It's not boring at all. I do it all the time. Don't <laughs> I'm, very, I'm, I'm yeah. enthralled in this conversation. <laughs> I just want you to know that. <laughs> I, can't, I can't get over myself. <laughs> Bevo's going to GABF with us this year. Really? Yeah. Oh. She's going to be rocking the booth. Started nice. talking with the uh, powers that be over there already about GABF, and uh, it's going to be a good time. That's cool. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm excited, too. I'll give details about that as we go. I'm going. Are we sharing a room, Bevo? No. Probably sharing it with Sam. Damn it. My brother lives in Colorado. I'm staying with him. Huh. Maybe me and Sam and I can share a room. That's not hot. In the state or the city? <laughs> yeah, maybe even Sam. What? In the state or in the city? Yeah, is he even it's in a, Denver? It's a large oh, yeah, no, he lives in Denver. Oh, okay. <laughs> he <laughs> yeah. lives in Colorado. Yeah. What? <laughs> He's in Loveland. Oh, dear. <laughs> Shut up. It's going to be a long cab ride. I wish I was in Loveland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, I do. Now, the second part of our discussion, it might go along with the upgrades part, but uh, if not, we'll do it at the end, is uh, kind of brewing consistency and how equipment helps you do that. And we have Tasty McDole in here. Uh, to me, he, he, around here, he's one of the kings of uh, brewing consistently. He can really reproduce the beers that he likes. So we're going to let him uh, teach us some tips and tricks. Sounds like fun. You know. And who's, someone better turn their phone off real fast. Just turn it off. Power it off. It's not me, I promise. It's all buzzing up in here. It's not me, too. It's not me. <laughs> not me. It's just weird, man. 
It's like well, Chris just threw his iPhone. It's that new iPhone. Maybe it's just the iPhone like searching for its 3G network. Oh, you the have whole the, you have the new iPhone, don't you? Yes. It's all 3G now. Talk I see G. that JP's got one too. Yeah, I got one too. I'm turning wow. it off. Off. You guys went nuts. You can turn it off. It's our first yeah, iPhone we've up. ever had in here. I think so. Well, now you got two. <laughs> I think that's what it was. The yeah. two of them competing for dominance. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to throw it. My, G, my G's better than your G. <laughs> yeah. My phone is in my pocket, which is under my butt. There's no way those signals are getting through. Yeah. <laughs> or insulated. It's got a big Very blockade. Well <laughs> Never wanted to be a phone so much in my life. Nothing gets a hold of that. <laughs> Shut up. All right. Well, we have a lot to get to, as always. Uh, I did want to mention uh, Sean O'Sullivan, our man from the 21A. Our man. Good buddy. Yeah. Sully. His cans came out officially on Saturday. And I think that, uh, according to Sully, so it, uh, I'm guessing maybe it'll depend on your local BevMo, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe he has his finger on the pulse and knows exactly what's happening. According to Sully, all over California, at your local beverages and more, you will find 21A cans. Uh, the watermelon wheat and the IPA. Uh, I, I, the Heller High watermelon, right. I should say, and the Brew Free or Die IPA. I think it's uh, BevMo's on the West Coast. See, I thought that too. So it could be all the way up to Portland and Washington. Yeah, because I think Bevmos go up to Washington. Yeah, Uh, you could be right, which would be even cooler. Uh, I'm I'm stoked for him, and we saw him uh, last uh, Friday night. How excited was that dude? Really excited. He was just he had permagrin as he should. It was so awesome. Yeah, it was really great. He he was just he saw the truck you know come in at eleven o'clock with just you know I don't know twenty six pallets of beer. (laughs) Well, how much money does he have in this right now? So that's where that green (laughs) came from. Please don't fail. Yeah, that's what he said. He's like, uh, and I saw these twenty six pallets, and he goes, I guess we're doing something. Yeah, I think he did a tasting that day at the uh, Bemo in San Francisco. Yeah, he did. At one of the Bevmos, they launched the cans officially, and he was there to do pourings and tasting. They let him place it wherever he wanted to in the fridge. You know, the nice. Bevmo has a wall of yeah. glass yeah. doors. They said, put them wherever you want. And so you so put them, like, bottom right-hand <laughs> corner next to the 40s? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right behind I, PBR. Put Reach them next for to the Mickey's. Yeah. The packaging's great. We saw pictures. They're, oh, it's, uh, they're so six-packs, cool. but they're in little cardboard six-packs with, like, a window cut out of them. They're really, really awesome. Way to be environmental. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No well, plastic. They did cut out the window, so it's a little oh, yeah. less cardboard. <laughs> and no plastic, that's yeah. true, to uh, hold them together. Yeah. I agree with that. No They're, birds are going to stick their neck through and die. Exactly. Cardboard's very yeah. recyclable. Yeah. Uh, but they do look great. I mean, they, they did look, a good job. Yeah, on the, seriously. Not just the can, but the, the cardboard around so you, it. You can't miss them. Looks awesome. So... I just wanted you all to be aware, if you're a West Coast resident, check your local BevMo this week, because you should be able to get uh, either or both. Of Demand them. it. Yes. And and he not just at the BevMo. If you've got a local liquor store, ask for it, mm-hmm. because they do now have a distributor. It's a, I know they have one that's based out of San Francisco. I don't know if that's the one that deals with the whole thing. I don't have all that information. But uh, I know that Sully has said, if you want it at your local store, um, ask for it. Now... I know a lot of you all across the country, you, you want it at your local store, too. I don't know that that's going to happen very soon, but certainly on the West Coast is, is what they're doing. Give them time, because if it's popular yeah. and they sell a bunch of beer, it'll head your way, too. So, congratulations, Sully, getting those cans out. I'm stoked about that. I have a question from the chat room. Yeah. Where's the little guy? Oh. Ah, that's right. Don't call me that. <laughs> the, the other one. My wife calls me that, and I hit her every time. Doc's on vacation. 
Um, not just from us, but an actual vacation. From his problems. <laughs> yeah, from his little life. <laughs> from his little, from his enablers. <laughs> yes, yeah, a vacation from us, his enablers. Uh, family vacation, I believe they're on a cruise. Oh. I think that doctors and doctors' families do. Uh, how hammered is Doc right now? Though? Oh, he, well, I think well. they start today. So he, he's, he is either so already hammered, hammered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like from the airport. Doc uh, tells me about these trips, and you know that's what he does. He's like, oh, kids. They take care of you now. <laughs> right. Come and back. Plus, like, the kids have activities. You know, you just sign them up for activities, and then you just sit by the pool and drink, right? He was telling me the last time they did this cruise thing, uh, he had a he had a little trick, and his, you know, to get away from the family and stuff. And his trick was uh, there's they had an internet cafe. Right? You can go check your email. He's got to work still, right? Because <laughs> yeah. so, those patients are... You know, dying to get those answers. Yeah, absolutely, you got to know. But plus, you know, the BN uh, 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 listeners, they have questions. So uh, the 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 internet cafe was strategically located directly next to a bar. So he said, after like day three, uh, he would walk up and and. And as he was walking up to the bar, uh, by the time he got to the bar, the bartender would already have his scotch and beer poured for him. Because <laughs> he knew that he was going to grab his scotch and beer and then go sit in the internet cafe and uh, work. <laughs> <laughs> so he's having a good time. So that's where Doc is. Uh, and then we've got OBF next week. We're going to be at the Oregon Brews Festival. So you will get a show posted, but there's no, uh, there's, there won't be a live show. And we're still working on whether or not our shows that we do there are going to be live. Right. We don't have an official internet connection. So what we do know is that downtown Portland has free internet. So we're hoping that kind of goes, extends over a little bit into the, to the waterfront, which, which is where we're going to be. Our second option is we have an air card. You know, one of those, Chris Graham, you know. I don't yeah. know. You know about this stuff. I don't know. card. You just punch it in and it works like a cell phone but for your for your computer yep. right it's a card of magic and wonder what do you generally what kind of upload can i generally get with these things oh they're they're really good now they Are they? they ride the 3d network and oh okay depends whose it is because i can i mean at the very least i can push our low bandwidth i can that's only 24k up I oh jesus yeah no this is you know four or five uh oh i don't know about up you're talking down, down is yeah. in megabits four or five megabits you're saying yeah yeah. Whose is it? Like Verizon Sprint? Singular, AT&T. AT&T. Yeah. So we'll see. Go on their website. Yeah, we'll check it. So that's our plan. If we don't get the, the free uh, wireless there in Portland, we're going to plug in the air card and try to broadcast to you that way. So I'll let you know. A couple of ways you can know, of course, is to go to thebrewingnetwork.com and check our homepage there. The other way is to sign up for our Twitter account. And if you want to kind of do the things that we're going to be doing after hours at OBF, um, you're going to need to sign up for the Twitter account because... I can't make a schedule for that. What happens is Shat and I are at the event and different brewers come up. We find out about this event or that event or this cool place to go. And we always want to try to, you know, not only cover as much as we can that's happening, but meet the most people so that we can get them on the show. So the best I can say is sign up at twitter.com slash brewing network and we'll be posting where we're headed at all the things. Or just, you know, meet us at the booth there at the OBF and we'll, we'll tell you all about it. Or you can sign up for... Facebook. Our Facebook page. You have to whisper it. You can't say it out loud. Facebook. Facebook. Just type in The Brewing Network on Facebook. And uh, I'll put posts there, too. Don't act like you're not proud of your Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> Shat's real proud of our Facebook. He likes it. He That's uploads great. all the albums and stuff now. All those all those photos you got from the Mead show and, and of uh, Shoe Light dancing in his marble sack on the stripper pole. <laughs> Facebook. Shat. Oh, yeah. Shat. Shatbook. Shatbook. <laughs> 
session. Facebook. Not quite. Chat, chat. Chat. Chat book. Oh. <laughs> chat book. That's a scary book. All right, that's that. Um, so that's OBF for you, I think. We can cover more of that later. i got to get something done right now. Um, this is a big announcement. All right? Okay. I mean, I'm not just pulling on your chains right now. What, are you pre-op or what? This is a big deal. I'm not pre-op. Okay. I've been pre-op for a long time. <laughs> big announcement. A lot of things uh, you're going to see changing over at the Brewing Network. You already saw our new forum, which uh, is kind of temporary. We're going to be redesigning it. But we upgraded to whatever... LMNOP3 or whatever it's called. I don't know. PHBB? That. Yeah. I don't do these things. That thing. That. Uh, it's supposed to be better. Um, but we're going to be redesigning thing. But more important than that, and probably one of our biggest uh, uh, announcements we're going to be making in the, in the last two years is a brand new show we have coming out. Oh. And uh, this show, I'm telling you, I can't even uh. really put it into words how cool this is going to be and how exciting. Uh Tasty, you know a little bit about it. You've seen you've yeah. seen what's about to go down. Yeah. <laughs> a really new great. new brewing network show features two of the most prominent home brewers. Chad and myself. And the other two. Oh, okay. Most prominent. Uh, at, I mean, they are right now the most prolific and uh, sought after and information driven home brewers in in not only beer radio but just in in home brewing. Mm-hmm. Jamil Zanishev and John Palmer oh. have a brand new show coming out called Brew Strong. Jamil's on the line with me to help uh, tell you a little bit about it. It's coming out in August. And uh, can you imagine, could you think of two better homebrewers to put together no. than Jamil Zanishev and John Palmer? Besides Chad and myself. Besides Chad and yeah, JP. Besides no. Chad and JP. I, I, couldn't think no. of, I couldn't think of two others. Right. I mean, if there were two other people besides Chad and JP, yeah. it would be you, Jay-Z, and Palmer. There you go. Uh, I guess JP was just a little too busy to uh, take it on. I got a lot of things. <laughs> he is he is busy. Yeah, I'm big you in Botswana. I signed up for JP's uh, Twit account. You did? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it uh, lets me know when he's acting like a twit, and that's <laughs> pretty much know, thing is constant, yeah. constant uh, firing off. Yeah. Well, that one's very different than our Twitter account. Right. Uh, but your Twit account is something. Uh, it's exciting and new. It's for yeah. Twits only. It's a like, whole new technology. Like the love boat. <laughs> So, Bruce Strong with Jamil Zanishev and John Palmer. And yeah. I, I really, I'm always caught off guard by this announcement because I don't know how to put it into words. Uh, we did a little bit of pre-production on, on it already, and it blew me away, the amount of information that you folks are going to get. Uh, those of you who can't go to UC Davis, those of you who can't go to Siebel, you are going to find so much information in this show. Tell us a little bit about it, Jay-Z. Well, you know, we've uh, been doing the Jamil show uh, and covering styles, and a lot of people have contacted us and said, you know, I, I wish you guys would do something on, uh, you know, the technical side of brewing or, you know, just cover brewing uh, various techniques that are involved in brewing equipment or uh, processes. You know, what about the mash? You know, tell me about mashing. Tell me about, you know, brewing with extract. Tell me about the sanitization, things like that. And, uh, you know, we get a lot of email. We thought, well, you know, what what better way to do it than to uh, involve the listeners? The listeners they email us uh, questions that they have, and we kind of gather them into uh, a topic, and we'll cover one topic per show, and we'll cover it in depth. We'll, uh, you know, explain what the uh, uh, 
the issue is about we'll we'll cover uh definitions of things and you know how it may or may not be important in brewing how you go about uh getting this in your beer or not and uh, uh the listener will be a big part of it and uh hopefully the the, the plan is to uh you know improve people's brewing skills you know uh get get people from uh you know, being just a, a good brewer to being a great brewer and doing that through, uh, you know, the Brewing Network. It's kind of the Dear Abby of brewing, if you think about it. You know, JP, like, oh, I'm having relationship troubles. Uh, I can, you know, I, I've, I'm My yeast having, won't get along. I'm having Krausen issues. It sounds like this show, but only useful and better. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Well, and that's something that, that actually uh, Jamil and I have been uh, developing this show for some time, and, and we talked about that, and we thought, well, you know, what does the session cover? What does the Jamil show cover? What do some of the other resources out there in... In, in the different magazines and the different shows cover and and we we realized that there was nothing that gave you direct access to professionals to ask very specific questions I mean something that we do here that we cover these broad topics and and we get uh, a, a particular brewers uh, their take on it but it it's sometimes not as definitive as people want, and it's not as narrow and focused as people want. So, you know, Jamil thought, listen, if we could really kind of do something here where we let people ask us directly, and, and, and we'll, if we don't know about it, we're going to go find out about it, and we're going to get the people who do know about it and let them answer the question. Right. So and this can include uh, industry experts or, you know, uh, who have you. But the, the important thing is is that in every show... We, uh, you know, we come up with, you know, specific uh, guidelines for, you know, what you want to do in your brewing to, you know, make uh, positive changes. Yeah. We want to teach people, you know, the, the thing I end all the Jamil shows with is, you know, Brew Strong. And the, the whole meaning of Brew Strong is, you know, be a, be a good brewer, you know, uh, improve your brewing. Always keep challenging yourself to brew better and better beer. And you know that's the the whole uh, purpose of this show, and that's why we've we've called it uh, Bruce Strong. Yeah. I am so excited about this show, and I'll be honest. I, I thought, you know, what a what a wonderful idea we have here. I don't know if we're going to pull it off. Uh, let's see if we can pull it off. Let me tell you, we are pulling this off. It is yeah, going to be are. such a great show. <laughs> so, uh, of course, like I said, not just Jamil. To pulling one off, <laughs> I always can count on Justin. <laughs> <laughs> we can always do it around here. Yeah. I mean, how about having John Palmer, uh, this uh, who is just uh, almost a brewing almanac, having written How to Brew in a couple editions now. Uh, what's it been like working with him a little bit, Jay Z? Uh, it's it's been fantastic. You know, John and I, uh, you know, we've known each other for for a number of years, and uh, starting, I guess, a year or two ago, we really started uh, collaborating much closer, and we did that in the Brewing Classic Styles book. So we kind of have a, a good rapport going. He actually uh, was able to sit in for me at the. Uh, 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 NHC this year and do uh, do a talk at my place. And, oh yeah, you know I have a great deal of uh, faith in uh, Mr. Palmer and his abilities and knowledge. You know, extremely technical and uh, really knows uh, you know a lot about every aspect of brewing. And then hopefully what I bring to it is uh, you know kind of more of the uh, practical brewing and how you apply a lot of that uh, science to uh, you know improving your beer. And Dick and jokes. I think together we're we're an awesome team. I think you guys are an awesome team. Yeah. 
I mean, like I said, I mean, these guys are the two uh, prominent figures in homebrewing right now, and we have them here on the Brewing Network. So I'm stoked about that. Uh, so it's coming out the very beginning of August. Stay tuned to the Brewing Network, brewingnetwork.com, and uh, we'll let you know. Don't worry, I'm going to give you a full heads up, but the very beginning of August, you're going to hear the first episode of Brew Strong with Jamil Zanishev and John Palmer. And I could not be more excited about this show. And don't forget that there's uh, there's a, an email address you can use if you have any brewing questions that you want to uh, possibly hear addressed on the show. You send them to brewstrong at thebrewingnetwork.com. Absolutely. And uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting a little ahead of myself here, but I think the team of uh, Zanishev and Palmer could, could one day be as uh, famous, as beloved as – do I dare say it? Dare. The unit in the rainbow. No, oh, that's well. You are history. Getting, history will tell. Far. Yes, yeah. That yeah. was a good segue. The chat room's asking me what happened to that show. What the other show? That that one that doesn't exist. <laughs> well, I do want to say as much praise as I've given you. Let's go easy here, Jamil. I yeah. mean, the unicorn and rainbow. I mean, I know. Let's I know. put it this way: they, I'm reaching for the reaching for the sun, and I'm going to get burned. Yeah. Well, <laughs> when you talk about that show, you're more like reaching for the moon. If you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, we're reaching around for the moon. Yeah. yeah, and it will definitely burn at some point. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. So beginning of August, uh, uh, Brew Strong with Jamil Zanishev and John Palmer. Uh, check it out right here on the Brewing Network. All right, Jay-Z, I'm looking forward to it, man. Fantastic. Cool. Are you feeling all right? You're, uh, you're, you, are you over pneumonia? Uh, yeah, yeah, I am. You are? Although uh, I was sleeping earlier <laughs> this afternoon. I went out to uh, a horse event with my daughter. She went and uh, rode in a couple of events and scored yeah. well. And uh, Good. Uh, getting up early in the morning stuff. Yeah, You're getting I'm old. Lazy. <laughs> old and lazy. Yeah. I need a little nap in the afternoon. Yeah. See, this is why I know Jamil likes football season so much, because he has an excuse to sit his ass on that couch. No, i got to follow my teams, you know, and really yeah. he just, it's a good nap. <laughs> but now, and without... Kickoff. <laughs> yeah. Now, without football season, he's just, ah, fuck it, I'm old. I'm sick. You know what? Yeah. I did I'm that shit. <laughs> I did that shit today, too. I took a nap on the couch. You did. I'm getting old, too. (laughs) There you go. I hate it. All right. I'm glad you're well, Jay-Z. Really looking forward to this. Beginning of August, my friend. Yep. It's going to be an awesome show. I think everyone's really going to be enjoying this one. I think so. Tell a friend and have your friend tell their friend. And then... They can tell two friends. And then two friends... They can tell two friends. Tell two friends. (laughs) Yeah. And we'll tell the unicorn and rainbow about it, too. Yeah. (laughs) Whoever they are, we don't really know. Yeah. All right, brother. Thanks, Jay-Z. Awesome. Catch you later. Thanks. Bye. There you go. The great Jamil Zanishef. Uh, Tasty, you heard a little bit of the content of this show. Yeah, I was And uh, I really think I'm not blowing smoke up anybody's behind here. Yeah, it's the uh, beer information alert right from the beginning all the way through to the end. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even need to say it. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to play the, uh, no. to play the sound. It's no. just the whole thing. Right. All right, Shad, did I miss anything? What do we got for updates? Uh, well, basically, there's some AHA stuff going on. Uh, they're having a rally, Boston Beer Company in Boston, oh. July 31st. Uh, check it out. And uh, Mead Day is coming up, August 2nd. Oh. Yeah. No updates there. <laughs> <laughs> nothing new happening there? Nothing, nothing new. There. That's what's new, nothing. <laughs> Go on. What else? Um... What else? What else? Dogfish Head, they have a rally coming up August 8th. Um, 
I love you. <laughs> um, pretty much, don't forget about OBF. We'll be up there next week, um, 23rd, 27th. And uh, looking forward to it. All right. I think we're going to have at least three days of broadcasting. Plus, uh, the beer school guys are going to do a show from our tent. Oh. Yeah. We're going to set them up with our brew equipment. Because we'd, we'd like to have content going as much as possible. And uh, we like those guys over at beer school. So they're going to uh, uh, set up uh, on our equipment. We're going to sit down there. Motown, Motor, and John Foster, and they're going to do a beer school live from the OBF. It's a good venue for them because they really cover the, uh, the you know, just kind of beer and not, not necessarily home brewing. The beer appreciation. Yeah, so hopefully they'll get some good coverage going on for it. So you can look for that uh, and check out beerschool.com afterward. They'll, they'll post their thing there. And, uh, all right, so I guess that's it. You can send your show ideas to uh, Chad, C-H-A-D, Chad at thebrewingnetwork.com. He does all the show booking. You can send insults to JP oh. at thebrewingnetwork.com. Do you get them over there? No, I don't. Why come nobody does it? I don't know why I come. get them. <laughs> I've been trying to divert them. JP at thebrewingnetwork.com. That's where your insults go. Maybe I'm just infallible. I guess so. Did I yeah, use that word that's right? it. I don't even, I didn't, I haven't gotten that in my word of the day yet so i'm not sure what it means <laughs> and also you can send all of your uh, feedback commentary to feedback at the brewing network.com and speaking of feedback feedback oh my god you've got mail Kick ass. feedback is brought to you today by st louis hops that's stlhops.com your source for news and discussion about beer in st louis and jp uh, you are one ugly motherfucker oh jp i like you people say i have no taste but i like you oh jp you're a humorous ass oh jp you have the personality of a gay cat JP, I hate your stupid face. Oh, man. Nice work, everybody. It's getting awful. What was yours again, Chris Graham? Is the personality of a gay cat. Which is pretty good. It's like factory uh, insult. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. All right, look, only one insult per person, Chris, okay? All right. yeah. The this sponsor's yeah. not paying for yeah. two. This isn't work. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, that's why it comes so naturally. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> i got to charge this guy more now. I know. Hey, Justin, just write and say thanks for letting us listeners show up at Rabbit's Foot for an inside look at what goes on during the session, as well as getting a chance to sample some excellent meads, ciders, and braggots. Of course, he's referring to last week's show we did live from out there. One thing I must say and call out is that I thought the BN Army brought it weak. Oh. <laughs> Driving out to Sunnyvale, I figured there's going to be at least a dozen or so local listeners. And when we pulled up, we didn't even know they were open. But sure enough, the crew was there. But where were the listeners? Uh, a few minutes uh, into it, uh, one listener did show up, stayed for a little while, and then left. A couple showed up at the end, uh, maybe some friends or something, but no listeners. Not that hanging out with Shat and Schumann is, is bad. <laughs> but come on, this is the BN. I made the trip telling my wife I'd be out of there by 7.30. He wasn't out of there till like 9. No. Was, yeah, this is Pete the Dink. He says, I know she was restless, but the meads and black cherry cider definitely helped out. <laughs> she even complimented everyone on how professional you were and friendly everyone, how friendly everyone was afterward. Oh, that's good. She was a little bummed that she missed most of the show, uh, finding out that the meads were even better than the ones she had had in the past. So he basically is saying, uh, let's see, I'm aware these things don't happen that often, so listeners should make the effort to make a stronger showing. 
um, be in for life. He says he hoped that his son George didn't get too loud toward the end of the show. Kids will be kids. He was. There was a little background noise there at yeah. the end. But you know what? Kids are the only ones I give pass. I, I give a pass for the bad audio. Yeah. Because nobody minds, right? A kid's yelling in the background. Nobody cares about yeah. that. I saw you shifting a little uncomfortably every so often when you would... No, you know why I was? Mostly because... I know that you all were anticipating me to flip my lid. Yeah, totally. So the whole... T- I, I tried to stay focused on the table, yeah. and the whole table kept looking over at the kid. <laughs> so a couple of times I did look to make sure no one was dying. Right. Kids get a pass. I don't care. They can yeah. make a little noise in the background, so and, don't worry about that. And Pete. Pete's kid's kind of cool, so... Yeah, it was a nice kid. Yeah, it was, it's when those that throb George. of hot chicks start making all that noise, and you have to get on it. Then I'm well, pissed, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, come yeah. on, ladies. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Seriously. And they go, I'm sorry. Yeah, like yeah. In, in radio and in life. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> Come on. So, I don't know. He make, I, I would say this. You know, if you can't make it out to these things, that's fine. But Pete, Peter does make a good point. Uh, uh, we don't get to do remotes that often. Mm-mm. And when we do, it's kind of fun for us to get to meet people and also uh, show the sponsor that we we've people are interested in us doing those kinds of things. Because really... It's a big pain in the ass to bring our whole studio out somewhere else. I'd a, rather just sit here. It's a super pain. That's yes. how you prove people listen. <laughs> yeah. See? See, look, Peter's here. And he has his <laughs> wife, and that's worth at least... Yeah. And his kid, that's three listeners. Yeah, that seven-year-old George, he'll yeah. be buying your product one day. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much how we do it. Uh, so, you know... If if people aren't interested in the remote thing, actually we probably won't do them. And I don't, I'm not threatening. I just mean uh, they're they're fun for us to a point. We get to go to a new place, but really, it takes up uh, you know it's twice as long of a broadcast day, and we're bringing all this equipment out. And um, you know, if you guys want to do that sort of stuff, let us know, and we'll try to plan them. And if not, then we'll just stay right here, and you guys can use the phones and call us up and stuff. I hear some more. Hopefully, this doesn't come across as too pedantic. Oh. But I was listening to the Mead Part 2 show and heard your call for more brewing questions via this address. And that's true. You should be using your feedback segment for brewing questions. So he says, uh, I do have to add my two cents and say it's a pleasure listening to the witty repartee that all of you exhibit on the show. I'm always learning and laughing, too. This show? Yeah. Captain Vocabulary over here. Uh, So he says, off to the question, I often hear you and read much of the same from my instructions when I'm doing a kit refer to a very specific uh, temperature for fermentation. For the time being, my fermentation temps have been um, at the whim of what my room temp is at in my apartment. So can you guys offer any tips on how to keep the temps constant so as to keep the yeast healthy and active? Thanks again to the BN, and hopefully I'll hear from you soon. Cheers from Tim. How about any quick brew tips? Of uh... I've got three. Okay, let's go, Grant. So we're we're talking fermentation here. Yeah. So we're talking either it's too cold. Um, that's the easy one. Uh, dark T-shirt with a light around, uh, just a single light bulb that'll heat it up. You can oh, like a desk lamp or something. Exactly. Okay. The dark T-shirt will absorb the light, creating a little heat energy and, and keep you nice and toasty. Okay. Um, if it's just mildly cool or warm, five degrees, six degrees over where you want it to be, you could probably get away with a wet T-shirt um, over the carboy uh, with a little water basin at the bottom where it wicks up. Um, wicks off the temperature okay and then the third is if it's really warm um you take t-shirts take about three or four of them soak them in water put them in the freezer swap them out one at a time uh two three times a day okay what about with the first uh, the the second one you said there with just a t-shirt in the water uh, does i've heard people say putting a fan on that oscillating also? fan works really well the wicking uh, action happens even faster if you do that okay 
I just wanted to get in by the time that banjo stopped. <laughs> Very nice. All right, so there's two, uh, three quick tips if uh, for temp control. And uh, another thing, if you can ferment on your patio, one of the, the first temp control I did was to get... Uh, a small garbage can and fill it with water, and I put my carboys in there. And then I could throw, like, you could freeze water bottles and stuff. So if it's real warm and you have to put ice on it, it was just just using water around it, essentially, yeah. as a water bath. So a couple of tips for you there, my brother. Okay, here's another one. Uh, Justin, you know talent. Oh, F off with the same old beginning to an email. Hey, douchebags. Holy cock sandwiches. <laughs> a few weeks ago, I heard my email being read during listener feedback, and I nearly shit myself. Oh! If this one makes it on air, I'll have to spring the high hard one from my pants and shoot all over my desk at work, yeah. aiming for the mouth on my picture of JP. Oh! <laughs> uh, boy, there is a mug that even Heller, Helen Keller couldn't love. Nice beard. You look like an Amish grandmother. <laughs> wow. JP, you didn't even hear your insult, did you? No, I heard it. I just uh, <laughs> didn't I don't think know it was what to say. Yeah. <laughs> well, enough. Uh, enough of the nice. Uh, enough of the nice, nice to you, American holes. Uh, yeah, that's right. I'm a listener from Canada. What is it you call us? America's hat? Well, Justin, I'm your Roman helmet. Here, I'll move my balls up so that you can keep reading this email. All jokes aside, I do love the show. You're the best brew show on the net. Have you ever thought of turning this into a TV show? No, absolutely not. Uh, this email was not just to blow smoke up your hairy ass cracks. Yours too, Bevo. I do have a question. Hey. <laughs> I'm thinking of adding a container hey. full of... I don't of... have an ass. <laughs> that was an insult at me. I'll get Sam on you. It's, it's not, not hairy. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little slow. Uh, thinking of adding a container full of dry ice with a blow-off tube to the boil pot during Whirlpool. In the past, I've pumped the wort through a chiller, which was placed in a bucket of dry ice and water. Yeah, you have. The company that I work for gets 50 pounds of dry ice with a weekly de- delivery. So it just happens to be on Thursdays. Um, someone suggested to add the dry ice uh, for cooling the wort, trying small pieces first. So I guess he's wondering, let's see, uh, stating that one benefit is that you will create a nice blanket of CO2 over your wort. The problem is that um, it's not food grade. Or is that a problem? So his question is, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> not, the, the words not food grade always scare people. But uh, really, I mean, what bacteria lives at the temperatures of dry ice? True. So the chances of that being a problem I, I don't think are huge. Okay. But aren't I right that if you drop dry ice into liquids, it usually tends to off-gas pretty darn quickly? Oh, yeah. It goes in hurry, especially warm liquids. Right? Yeah. So wouldn't that, that kind of potentially cause that nasty old foam over? Mm. Well, he did say he was thinking of doing it in a container, like putting it in a container and putting that into oh, the kettle. The uh, and put, he said, "Put a blow-off tube on the container. Uh, put a container I didn't in." Pay attention to any of that? Yeah, that, well, that's just what I caught from the beginning here. Let's this seems like with the dry ice, you just want to do like a pre-chiller operation, you know? Yeah, a container full of dry ice in the. He, and he did say it sounded like he did the pre-chiller thing in the past. See, that's uh, what I would do. I'd yeah. put dry ice into water that the pre-chiller sits in. Yeah. Okay. Then you're great. just cooling your cooling water. So a pre-chiller basically is just an immersion chiller that you'd put in this extra bucket of either ice or, in this case, yeah. dry ice. And you run your water through that before it goes through your actual immersion chiller, right? Exactly. Yes. Okay. All right. So maybe that would be a bet. You guys are thinking that's better than safer. I like safer. that. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to worry about the food grade aspect. You don't have to worry about, uh, yeah. you uh, know, it foaming. It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're still Foam getting over. the BTUs out of that ice. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. So there you go. And if the ice, you know, dry ice is free, there you go. Um, so he added a link to Ontario Craft Brewers' site. Uh, I'll, I'll plug it for him if he wants. Um, OntarioCraftBrewers.com. 
Doc and Jay-Z, neither of which are here. Uh, you are the best. Love you guys. Go blow. And that's from I'm a Coming. From Moose Knuckle Home Brewery, where only a moose knuckle tastes as good as it looks. And he says, by the way, moose knuckle is Canuck. Uh, it's a Canuck term for camel toe. So oh, we have a new one. Who didn't know that? We have a new one for Bevo. Greetings, all. <laughs> I would this love... mute button is slowing me down. <laughs> I don't think it's the mute button, sweetheart. You guys got to keep your finger on the trigger, man. You and JP both. JP hasn't figured out how to use that thing fast enough either. My legs don't reach the ground. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's bad. Greetings, all. I'd like to have the crew address the proper way of a tasting session. Many microbreweries sell tasting size glasses with the idea that a patron will sit down and taste several beers, uh, several of the beers available at one sitting. I myself know that I would never want to have a double IPA prior to a Czech lager, but I'm curious if there's a science behind it, especially when tasting beers from different categories, like should I have a smoked porter before an IPA or vice versa? So, I don't know, he's, he basically says he's looking for a few basic rules to follow if you're doing, say, six beers, you know, in front of you. It's uh, dark. Can we turn this into a math equation for him? Sure. Yeah, use the BJCP guide, but you can't go in order. No. Shut up. <laughs> Just go random. <laughs> yeah. Dark to light is, or light to dark, rather, is is a simple basic Sometimes. rule. Sometimes. Light, like, you know, light to dark, and then uh, depending on the hoppiness, too, because that, that'll throw yeah. you. So I would, I would say your intensity hoppiness. of flavors. So would yeah. you then go IBU, like lesser IBU to higher IBU? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Even, if it, even if that conflicted with the light to dark? Yes, I'm I would sure. go IBUs yeah. first. And then strange flavors... As co- yeah. kind of a close second, like the smoked porter is going to definitely interfere. This should be last. Yeah, it should be, you know, at least broken up with lots of crackers and water or something between I, them. I would say, yeah. I would say towards the last, yeah. Okay. For sure. I mean, Depends how many beers you're drinking. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that's also true. But, I mean, you know, the hops is really what's going to blow your palate out first. Yeah. You know, and then, and then, yeah, Chris, right, you know, the smoked stuff or any, any spiced garbage that you want to put in there, um, th- then, uh, that's going to linger on your palate a little more than, uh, you know, malt will. Okay. So I say do the double barley wine first, then go on to the, your yeah. light beers. I say drink that on the way there. <laughs> yeah. And then sleep under the table. All right, couple more. Justin, you no talent, some bitch pile of monkey nuts. You some bitch. <laughs> I love some bitch. <laughs> Watching uh, uh, smoking the bandit a little too I much. I like this guy already. Some bitch. WTF is wrong with you, casters? <laughs> no, and he lost me. Omg! Lol. G a y. I'm sitting here in my skin suit thinking about JP's cat, so I'm not really sure what the hell is wrong with me either. Hi, Dad. I just decided that all your whining about getting all of us to donate finally worked on me. So now I'm a sergeant in the BN Army. Yeah, ordered, boy. A, ordered a couple of BN Army shirts, too, for the lady and I. Can't yeah. wait to sport the new shirts around town and tell everyone about you guys. I've learned a great deal from the experts uh, you have around the show. I'm fantastic guests. Thanks, Brewcasters. That's from Big Tom. I like What's going the, on over I there, like Bevo? mooted. Mooted. Bevo, Bevo you, know, you know the finger in quotes. She goes, my, me and my, quote, lady. Lady. Yeah. Mm. It's nice. That was funny. Every now and then. Uh, oh, here's props to an old guest of ours I wanted to read. Uh, let's see. Calls me an ass clown. Uh, just finished 10 day vacation where we used the beer mapping project to visit Doc. seven breweries. Uh, one we found on our way home. 
which was an 11-hour drive back from Pennsylvania to North Carolina, was the Blue Mountain Brew Pub and Hop Farm in Virginia. Oh. Remember those guys? Yeah, they grow their own hops right there in the thing. Yeah. yeah. And he was, he was a cool interview. Yeah, he was. He says, I've actually driven by it twice without realizing, but after your interview with them, we stopped by and met uh, with the brewers. Uh, their place is amazing, and they were the most wonderful people. It was way past tour times, and the brewer you interviewed was cleaning up, but they didn't hesitate to invite us back to tour, chat, and even get the first sample of their latest bourbon barrel aged stout. Maybe it was mentioning your interview that got us in, or maybe they're just that <laughs> cool. But uh, it was the seventh tour we did, and it was the best. So yeah. props cool. to yeah, that is. I like to hear that yeah. when, when the listener or the, the interviewees rather really come through on their word. Like, come see us; we'll take care of you. Yeah, seriously, they're as cool off the air as they are. Yeah, so that's Blue Mountain Brew Pub. Uh, and he said, it just goes on to say, today I'm brewing and listening to the shows I missed while I was gone. I got a second wind and now even mashed in with batch two for the day. Ooh. So I think he sent that to me last Sunday. He was about to listen live. So very nice. Good feedback today. Feedback's brought to you by stlhops.com, your source for news and discussion about beer in St. Louis. All right, we got a really good show planned for you guys today. I hope you guys are going to stick around. Chris Graham from Beer, Beer, and More Beer is with us. Uh, JP yeah. is with us. I'm here. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Bevo is with us. I'm here. <laughs> Tasty McDowell is going to cover brewing consistency and shat the asshole hanging out here uh, having himself a <laughs> Fix my fuck-ups. <laughs> oh. When we come back, we're going to get into uh, upgrading your equipment and things you need to know because uh, it can be a big pain in the ass. So we're going to try to give you some tips and tricks, what you should know when you do it, and how to keep brewing consistently. Hang in there. It's the session. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Hey, Push, the new brewery's looking good. Thanks, Finn. Piece by piece. Well, let's fire up. Whoa! Is that a new kettle? Yeah, just got it brand new, but paid half price. What? And that blade scale? 40% off. And the new tap handle? Five bucks instead of 13. Got a new regulator for the brew sand, too, but five bucks instead of 25. Dude, where are you stealing all this stuff from? Where else? The more beer deal of the day. Announcing the Beer, Beer, and More Beer Deal of the Day. Every day, a new fantastic deal from big items to small that will blow you away. Boil kettles, carboy carriers, sterile siphon starters, digital timers. Watch morebeer.com every day for a new deal, and you just might find the item you've been waiting for at a price you cannot believe. Hurry, because stock is limited on most items. And that sweet Guinness cap, let me guess. The The More Beer beer Deal deal of the day. Day. Yeah, I knew it. Come on, let's brew something. Find the more beer deal of the day at morebeer.com. Celebrity voices impersonated.
Gross. Wow, that's cool. Grab yourself a paper towel and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to The Brewing Network. The Brewing Network. Saving your life. One beer at a time. We are back on the session. Questions already coming through for you, Chris Graham, so it's going to be a good topic. Your ants are still invading. I know. They're everywhere. I just put out some more of the tarot or whatever it's called. One for each ant. Yeah. Their own yeah, hotel. I'm getting, I, am tra- I'm, I am attracting them outside now, so you guys are just dealing with the stragglers on the desk here. So good luck with that. <laughs> 888-401-BEER. That's our number. Uh, Skype works in general. And uh, you can also join the chat room with Bevo. So I did need to mention just really quick uh, a, a disclaimer. Last week, uh, there was an imposter in the chat room with Jipper. Right. And he went in there under the name of Boo Boo Kitty Fuck. And Boo Boo Kitty Fuck is one of our normal uh, uh, forum users and chat members and is a very nice dude. And he hangs out and has beard like the rest of us and is usually very, very cool. Well, somebody under that name went in there last week and was a real dick and did not fo- could not possibly have been a home brewer. I mean, I guarantee you this person wasn't a home brewer. Uh, come in there just uh, kind of acting like a jerk and ended up posting uh, links to, like, bad fruit porn or something. I don't know the whole yeah, story. Bad, rotten fruit porn. And as I would in, never have known that there is such a thing as bad fruit porn. Yeah. <laughs> as but. opposed to good fruit porn, by <laughs> yeah. the way. Yeah. Uh, and just did a bunch of that. And JP had no way of knowing that it wasn't the real Boo Boo Kitty. No, there's no way. He, sometimes people do get a little out of character in there and people that you wouldn't expect to go nuts get hammered one night and start acting like a dick. So he thought maybe that was happening. I called him out. I gave him the Douche of the Week award. Mm-hmm. Well, the real Boo Boo Kitty uh, contacted us very, very up set because he wasn't in there at all. I guess he was there at the beginning of the show and then he went 
either to pass out or go to sleep. And um, it wasn't the the actual Boo Boo Kitty in there doing those things. It was somebody else. It was some imposter. So I retract my douche of the week from Boo Boo, and I give it to, I don't know, Dress- Shat. Dressel Brew wanted it. Thank you. Oh, Dressel Brew wanted it? He yeah. wanted just, okay, Dressel Brew, you are a douche of the week for yep. last week. So I'll give that to you. You're now honored with that. And I just want to say, you know, we have no way of knowing, um, but, you know... You guys, you guys are starting. Not you guys. I hate to generalize, but you know, it only takes a couple of you in there coming in, and, and you're just going to ruin it for everybody. Well, you wonder if it's his kid <laughs> oh, <laughs> or his wife. Man, or... that'd be terrible. <laughs> well, the thing about our chat room is you don't register. Yeah, you, you type go, you, in anything you want. Yeah. So that actually is probably going to change now. Thank you very much. Asswipe with the links and going in under other people's names. Uh, you will probably in the very, very near future have to register and enter a password and do the whole thing because some of you aren't adults, so I have to treat everyone like children. Uh, that's probably is going to be what happens. But I do want to say to you, Bevo. And Bevo I said thank you, by the way. Hey, no worries, Boo Boo. Uh, you know, our bad. We didn't mean to call you out. If it wasn't true, we just had no way of knowing. And he love you long time. Oh, love you long time. Tell him the control is drinking. Oh, Bill Cole. Uh, so, uh, you know, just try to be cool in there, guys. What I do want to say to you, Bevo, it sounds to me, you know, I, I, I told you guys to use the hammer with ease, but don't do it anymore, JP. It sounds to me like a few links got through there, and you gave a warning. No warnings. Effort. No warnings. If someone posts a bad link in there, Bevo, ban their IP address. Go straight for the hammer. And if, uh, you know, I guess if it's a mild offense, you can give a warning. But I'm kind of sick of it. Everyone should be very, very cool in there to each other. It's a community. And, uh, by the way... The Brewing Network pays for that chat room to exist. This is not free software. We tried the free stuff, and it just crashed on you guys. So it exists so that you can have access to Chris Graham and Tasty and whatever professional we have in here at the time. And um, me. And Beavis. <laughs> uh, and, and we pay for you to be able to do that, too. Uh, and you, those of you who donate to the show, you pay for that as well. Uh, so use it for those purposes. So, Bevo, we're back to the Iron Hammer. And really, I, I don't. It was called the Iron Fist. The Iron Fist, whatever the uh, the Iron Ballbuster, the, the Golden Shower. <laughs> just give it to him, whatever it is. Um, Chris, but I mean, I don't care if 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 it's two people fighting with each other. If if they're if they're offending other people, throw them both out. Okay, just give it a rest in there already, guys. It's you you know have some fun with each other. Um, but come on, what's going on here? You get a couple beers in you, and all of a sudden we're back in, uh, it's like a frat party. So chill out so that I don't have to do this, and that's the deal. Okay. So boo-boo, the, po- the real point is here, I'm sorry, boo-boo. And uh, everybody should know it wasn't him being a douche. It was, it was some other kook. All right. Cool? All right, but you can use it to ask questions, and Bevo's in there, and they're already sending me questions for today's topic, which is when you upgrade your brew system, uh, how do you deal with that? So if you've uh, been paying attention, Shat and I got ourselves a nice, shiny 1550. It was uh, the official Ninkasi 1550 uh, of Jamil Zanisha. And then it belonged to you after that, right, Graham? Yep. So it was Jamil's first. He kind of broke it in. And then you had it at your place for a while yep. and brewed on it. And now it's, well, it's well, you, you one, actually just tied me yeah. officially today. Oh, how many times you brewed four on times. it? Yeah. You, the whole time you had it, you brewed four times? Yeah. Really? <laughs> I you, didn't, more... you, you didn't use that, like, B3 events to brew there or anything? No, I use a different one for that. Uh, okay, gotcha. So four times. Yeah. 
Uh, we're at three. We're at three. We haven't tied you yet. Oh, you haven't tied me yet. <laughs> so we, t- you were here teaching us how to brew on it uh, Thursday two, night, La- not last two, the week. Yeah, the week, the Thursday before last. So we brewed that day, and we brewed a, a Belgian Blondale. That's right. Which is in the, see, uh, she, uh, you do realize how spoiled we are. That Belgian Blondale is in the uh, temperature controlled conical that Jamil lent us. He didn't give it, but he does. He likes to use carboys, and we're like. Well, if you need us to store it for a little while, we would gladly do that. <laughs> it's been here forever. It seems. So Jay-Z was kind of like, all right, listen, if I can come down and do the Jamil show and there's beer on tap, you can use my conical. So this is how spoiled we are. We get this, this... Is that why you got Shat Brewing? That's why I have Shat Brewing. Because yeah. <laughs> if I put beer in that conical, forget it. He still doesn't get his end of the bargain. Uh, so our Belgian Blonde is in that. The following day, Shat and I had so much fun brewing on this new system. And I have to say, I, I haven't been fired as fired up about home brewing as I have in a long time. And I think every, everybody can relate to this. It doesn't matter what the new piece of equipment is that you get, whether it's a 1550 or a new chiller. You're just stoked to check it out, right? So this is like the granddaddy of stoked to oh, check yeah. it out. And we had so much fun, we brewed the very next day. So on Friday, Graham, we ended up brewing a... Um, Dortmunder. Dortmunder, that's right. That's awesome. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. And, of course, uh, you know, I'm on the phone. We didn't even start brewing, and I'm already calling up Graham. Graham, we can't get the burner started. <laughs> like, did you pay attention? Well, we tried. Uh, <laughs> did you put the, the safety switch on? Uh, All right, Graham. Well, we'll catch you later, buddy. <laughs> nice talking. It's just some silly little thing we didn't do. But we didn't call again. We got through, you the, did whole, not. We got through the whole thing. Real proud of you. And anyway, just uh, really fun. Uh, it, a lot of fun to brew on. And I wanted to mention that one of the things I kept saying to both of us, Chat, kept saying to Graham the whole time he's training us is how easy it is. Let's, so we, we're just standing around the whole time. When usually we're moving things. And, and, oh, yeah. But we're just standing around the whole time with Graham having beer. And we kept saying, and, and, and Graham basically says, well... Yeah, man, that's why we designed the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Brewing is supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be work. And for me, it turns out to be work sometimes. Yeah, you know, all the stuff you got to do. We Chat was almost bored. It's on autopilot. I mean, it's, <laughs> it is. I was it's like, great. get a book or something, Chat. So is that when you decided to wrap all the fittings in tinfoil? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I got the time. Yeah. yeah. You got nothing else to do. No. Well, I, I was telling Chad, because um, I was talking about you guys getting one for a while. Uh, I know Chris and I were, were for sure. And and, it, uh, and I told him, I was like, dude, you need uh, a system. I don't care what it is. You need all your, you need three burners. Yeah. yeah. Three burners. You need uh, you need everything in one, in one friggin' place. Because, you know, when you're heating water in a kettle... And you got to hold it, hike it up into a friggin' you know hot liquor tank. Then you have to do the same shit for a mash tun, and do all that stuff. And you're lifting and moving and transferring. It gets it, it takes it out of you. You get tired. And yeah. and it, and then I could see where it's like that's a lot of work to brew, yeah. and I just don't want to do it anymore. But if you have it all in you know in one place, and then you don't have to lift anything except your grains. Yeah, that's that's great. It, it is. It's almost like the difference between bottling and kegging. For those of you who don't haven't mm. gone all grain or just went all yes. grain. I mean, I remember when I went all grain, I had a terrible setup, and I did it um, probably close to a hundred times in this terrible setup. Yeah, right. But I had to put it out every day that I wanted to brew. It wasn't there. I had to, you know, create the brew system, move this in place, put oh. the refrigerator there, put the camp chef on top, put the right. you know, keg on top of that, and then the saw horse is out. You were moving it. a refrigerator? Yes. You're he said friggin' crazy. Put it out. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> put it out. I, I used to be strong. <laughs> <laughs> and I think now I, I have a brew system. I'm fat and lazy. Exactly. Aww. And I, I was just as fired up when I went to kegging, by the way, as I it's because the same thing. it's yeah. the mm-hmm. same kind of uh, the amount of ease. Now, 
I just want to make sure I'm clear here. The the point of, of setting this up is not to say, Neener, Neener, I have a 1550 <laughs> and you don't. And it's also not to say that I wasn't... But ha- you will. I love my... Yeah, but eventually I probably will. I actually love my old system. I love my igloos. I love mm-hmm. my camp chef. I had a lot of fun brewing on that. And I don't mean to say at all that that's not a great way to brew and I didn't have a blast. I just mean to say... I certainly noticed the difference and what a huge difference it is. And for me, uh, because I'm kind of a lazy douche, I'd rather it be easier. Yeah. I didn't well, even know I'd rather it be easier, to be honest, until I found out it was easier. Yeah. Well, truthfully, I'd rather people have to go the route of a little bit harder, learn yeah. what that's like. Yeah. Then when you get to the easier stuff, it's kind of cool. It's just like growing up in life. You know, you can't afford anything. And then suddenly, right. you, you know. Don't let daddy pay your way through. Yeah, yeah because then you'll be 25 or 30 and you won't have anything to do but party and drink a lot and do a lot of hot chicks, and that would suck. <laughs> you know, you need, you need to you plow might be through. Like JP at that point. You need to plow through some heifers before you can get some good stuff. You know what I mean? That's right. Isn't that right, Shat? Yeah, no offense, Jen. Hey. <laughs> He's like, there's something on the other side. Peppers need love, too, you know. They all need love. (laughs) They do. Yes, they do. I mean, it goes with any system, you know. It's like, for me, it's just the idea of having uh, a burner under each kettle. Yeah, you know, because I I, I had a uh, I had a converted keg and a camp chef and uh, two coolers, and that was a pain in the ass. And but I, it was better than that's nothing. Exactly, yeah, exactly what our system and, was. Yeah, JP, you I just know. described. Yeah, yeah. And, and and it and I didn't want to brew sometimes because it's just, it's like you know well, Chris was way more, more hardcore than apparently I was because he you know created a whole space. I just left it there and let it get all cobwebby. But <laughs> right, um, you know, and and so I I really enjoy brewing because I have it all just right there yeah you know and you can now, focus more about on timing and about what temperature it is and you could do all this other stuff without having to go okay 185 i gotta put the water in so it should go down to this temperature and then i gotta wait and it's like right. what are you doing man which is really something we're going to focus on today is that is that part about it mm. the one last thing i want to mention and especially jp because you mentioned uh, having three burners and, right. and not having to to heat up in this vessel just to move it into this vessel just to put it over here uh I I think uh, Shat and I were looking at our brew day on Thursday when Chris Graham uh, came to actually train us on the system, and it was almost cut in half. I think our average brew day on our old system was at least six hours, oh, yeah. and sometimes longer if we were doing something high gravity. Definitely. Or, um, so between six and eight hours. What do we do, Graham? Knock that out in four hours on the first day? I don't know. I started drinking. <laughs> you don't remember. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure that we knocked it out in four hours, maybe four well, and a half a- by the time we you know, uh, got it to the to the conical. Right, and we did a couple things that were different, like the mash. You know, We, we kind of did a quick mash. Mash that I'm not used to, you know, I usually do a, Did a 30 minute full hour, yeah. Um, and the sparks, the sparks went a little quicker than yeah. we probably should have. Well, and when we had only one burner, you know, we're, you have to wait for the vessel to be clear before you can heat things up in it again. And in this way, you're heating up your water while as you're as you're transferring your your mash, your worth essentially, you can already fire the kettle and have it. So by the time your kettle's full, it's almost to a boil. Right. Um, and there's all these just you know kind of tricks that you can do. So. All of that was just a, it was a blast. It was a lot of fun, and, and it saved time, and my back didn't hurt the next day. That was a lot of fun, too. That's why we brewed again on Friday. Um, but along with it, of course, came this whole set of problems. 
Mm-hmm. And, and and the problems are just like we said at the beginning of this. Uh, whenever you upgrade equipment, how do you how do you adjust it? You're used to you're used to uh, what temperature your water has to be to get your mash temp right. You're used to your sparge rate. This is a big problem that we're having yeah. uh, figuring out our rate of sparge, um, so that we it, so that it spends enough time going through the grains. Um, and all of that changes when you get new stuff. And that's why we've got Chris Graham and Tasty and JP here to help us out. Uh, uh, talk about this stuff so i think probably the first thing we should start with is the mash mm-hmm. um for us for our sake anyway and we'll get i've got listener questions from the forum we'll cover a lot of general stuff but for us i'm thinking the mash is the first place uh, obviously it's the first part of your brew mm-hmm. and it's where we had uh, the the biggest trouble more so on friday when you weren't here graham than we did when you were here on thursday so so what happened well we just you didn't call again we didn't call again. We f- we just tried to kind of power through it. But what we ended what ended up happening is we we missed our mash by uh, several degrees. Under or over? Both. Yeah, <laughs> that was the problem. We were all over. The- we were back and forth. Yeah, we'd, o- well, we'd we'd overshoot. We'd back it down. Back it down too much. We'd overshoot again. Yeah. Um, so was, yeah. So here's an example so that you can start with what we used to do, and then you can help us figure out what we're doing now. I think this might help some people. We used to have the igloo mash ton, which, by the way, they work great. I would only lose sure. two degrees in a 60-minute mash. At most, I would lose two degrees. So, by the way, I love them. Um, and we had figured out that we had to be about 11 degrees over our strike temperature. Um, in order to get our mash at, let's say we want it at 152. Um, so, and, and we could do that almost every time. Um, it did depend a little bit on, on the temperature of the grain. These are all things that you, that you as homebrewers should be calculating. If it's 50 degrees where you live, you're, the temperature of grain's a lot colder. You're probably going to have to be over 11 degrees or, or whatever you've dialed your system into. But for us, we knew 11 degrees. Um, with the brew system now, not so much. It's an entirely different um, kettle or mash tun, right? So it's not insulated for one. Uh, the the temp control happens by recircula- recirculating hot water through it, um, and even that we had trouble with. So, how do uh, as a brewer we get this new mash tun in front of us? How do we? How are we able? Is it just trial and error, or is there a way to to start to calculate our temperatures? You know, that's a tough one. Um, it depends. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. No, you're going from a mash ton, because I did the same thing, with almost no dead space to one with a lot of dead space. So your initial inertia is a lot less. What do you mean by dead space? Uh, the amount of liquid Room. underneath the false bottom. Right. So okay. your amount of water that's actually in that vessel is a lot more in what you're in now than what it was. Good point. Um, so that's going to lessen, usually, the drop, not increase it. Does dead space count what's on top also? Like the top between the top of the water line and where your lid goes on? Or, or does dead space only count where there's a volume of I'm, liquid? I'm talking the volume of liquid that's not in contact with the grains. With that's the what grains. I'm calling the dead space. But yes, if you had only an inch and you had 20 inches of, of head space, that's what I'd call that. Head space, not dead space. Okay. Yeah. Right. But both of those make a difference. But they should be almost relatively the same between the cooler and the kettle. The kettle is four more gallons, so I guess you're going to have more head space, but yeah. not, not that much. Right. Um, really, the relative drop, if you put them side by side, the uninsulated at normal California ambient temperatures isn't that big. I've okay. done it side by side. The mash itself acts as an insulation 
And, okay, so maybe you lose one to two degrees in the cooler. You'll overall maybe lose three to four degrees in the stainless kettle. Okay. Um, now, if you only had a half full, you're going to lose more. The, the more surface area, the more it's going to change temperatures. Okay. Um, one of the things I noticed that we did when I brewed was we did a recirculation, and uh, that brew system hadn't been used in a year. So there was a few little things I kept working out while we were brewing. Um, but one of the things was we did a high differential, meaning our mash was at 150 or where we wanted it, but we had the hot liquor tank at, like, 175. Right. And so one of the suggestions I'd make is to lower that hot liquor tank so you can't overshoot those temperatures. So when you're doing the recirculation, you were doing a, a delta T of, what, 15 degrees? Exactly. As opposed to, uh, oh, no, 25 degrees. Right. I would There's lower more. that down right. to, you know, 10, 12 degrees. Might take you a little longer yeah. to get up to the temp you want. So we don't overshoot. Exactly. All right. Let, let's clarify the system a little bit uh, because... I want to make sure everyone has a picture. You don't picture want me throwing of, Delta T out of, there with it. Well, yeah. Del- by the, f- funny enough, uh, I, do, I don't know what the hell a Delta T is, but I did figure out what you meant by it. <laughs> but, but so is it a RIMS system that we have or a HERMS system? HERMS. What does that it's mean? A it's a smart, smart system, system. It's by a smart the way. System. Okay. Now I can't get a beer. I got TM. <laughs> I just passed you a question about a HERM system. You I did? can explain okay. it yeah. if you need to get so, beer. I would like, yeah. Could I'm going to let Tim. I would do that for you. Do that. Uh, well, a smart system is basically uh, a HERM system, <laughs> uh, but we came up with this acronym, and I don't ask me what it is because um, it's a pain in the ass. But uh, the, the, uh, the, the general reasoning behind it is there. It's a smart way to, um, uh, to do step mashes where you have an effect. You have a, a wort chiller in your hot liquor tank, uh, in the hot liquor tank water, right? So, so if you want to do a step up, let's say you dough in at 122, and uh, you do your rest or whatever, you know, for wh- however long you do it, and then you want to ramp it up, yeah, and then you want to ramp it up. Uh, uh, other systems that don't have this kind of thing, that you have to use the burner, and then you recirc, and, and you can really uh, roast your grain. You know, you can um, burn your mash, all this kind of stuff. You can really uh, caramelize the wort a little bit. But with the smart system, um, you just run it through, instead of, like a normal wort chiller, you'd run water through to cool it down. This, you run your beer through, your wort, and then pump it back up into your mash tun. Um, and what it'll do, instead of cooling down, obviously, it, it warms up to the temperature that the uh, hot liquor tank is. Okay. So it, can it can uses... I give the Siebel answer now? Oh, yeah, yeah. Do that. <laughs> oh. Right. No, JP got it just right, but... I'm brewing Siebel. <laughs> But uh, you're dealing with sugar water. I mean, that's what ward is. Okay. Um, And so there are three different ways, in my opinion. There might be even more. I mean, get into steam, and that opens up a whole new era. But for most homebrewers, you're either going to have a gas element heat you up, meaning fire right underneath your mash tun. Which is how Tasty does it, Tasty does it. It does a great job at it. Okay. Um, There is running it through a coil, which JP just described. Um, or there's running it through a channel that has a heat, hot water heater element, and that's rims. All right. That element glows hot. And, and so what, when you're dealing with a sugar water, what you want to avoid, at least what I want to avoid, is caramelization, overheating of those sugars. Um, so the um, SMART, that's why we came up with that. I can't remember the acronym either. Uh, is Good. Step mash adjusted recirculation temperature. Nice. One on morebeer.com. Shout right. the producer, everybody. Yeah. Beer in for, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think I was pretty drunk when I came up with that one. Um, <laughs> okay. uh, it, it's just, I, I would consider it more of a safer way 
than smarter or anything else. You know, in fact, direct heat's probably the fastest. But uh, it's it, this is the safest because you you don't have browning effects at those temperatures. Um, like we to fix your problem, all we have to do is lower that temperature of the hot liquor tank, right? And it's fixed instantly. Okay. Um, so if you only go with a differential, meaning mash tons at one forty eight, if you make your hot liquor tank more like one, you know, sixty or one fifty eight. Yeah. yeah. Now, we brewed on a day that was 105 that day, too. So yeah, everything was a bit different than what it would be if the day was 60 degrees or 70 like today. But I think the and something that I'm hoping that we can all take away from this discussion at the end is we're going to be able to figure that out and accommodate for a hot day and a cold day. Absolutely. And a day. Now, That's what you want to do. You are. Day versus night. But, yeah. but you're going to figure those out. Really? Like, it, there is no... Just plug X, Y, and Z together and come out with L. Sure. It, it just doesn't happen that way, usually, unless you listen to Brew Strong, and then maybe you'll get that answer. And then you might. Yeah. Well, and you're right. There's no compensation for time spent on the system, and I, I don't mean for us to give any, like, you know, this is it, end all, be all. You're going to have to spend time on your system, which Shat and I are happy to do, particularly <laughs> Shat. Right. So, well, let's say let's say you're at ten. You're one fifty one. You want to get to one fifty two. Yep. That pump kicks on. I mean, in what amount of time do you want to see it get back up to a degree or two? Uh, what's interesting depends on how long it sits and mm-hmm. what your ambient temperature is. So, let's say it's a real cool day. It's nighttime. It's maybe fifty degrees outside. That whole top is surface area. The whole top of the uh, mash tun. Not only the the surface of grains, but then also all that metal. So as you start the recirculation, the liquid is essentially dropping through the mash tun and being reintroduced at the top again. So it's actually going to cool down at first. Uh, you'll see the, the thermal well and the, the thermometer sensor show you to going down in temp and then all yeah. of a sudden start spiking up. If it's been only five minutes, you're never going to see that lessening of temperature if it's been half hour it's going to go down quite a bit before it starts going up okay so the it depends actually works that <clears throat> sure and it, all right that does kind of because i mean I, I pretty much dialed it in at 12 degrees over will get me up in about 90 seconds to the, the temp i want from like 152 to 154 i don't think you're gonna find that always like okay yeah um i'm not sure gonna watch that seems a, that seems a bit fast to okay. me but that's just a well-engineered system Right. Well, <laughs> by the way, Shat brewed with John Palmer this morning. I don't even know why he's listening to this show. Like, That's right. He doesn't need any of this information. He had Palmer as his, his brewing assistant this morning. And I did do a step match because of Palmer. You did? Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was here doing some work uh, on the new show, some pre-production on that, so he was with us. And then uh, Palmer gets up at 5, just... Uh, Every oh, day right. of his life, and Shat when Why he brews not? gets up at six and starts brewing or so, and and there you got you got Palmer as your assistant today. Oh yeah, that, so that he is. had you doing a step today, right? So what were your steps? Pretty much one fifty one for thirty minutes, and then I stepped up to one fifty six for another thirty, and then tried to mash out at one sixty five, which I only got up to one sixty one. What was your temperature hot liquor tank? One seventy. Yeah, that's where it, but, you, you kind of want to keep stretching that and slow your flow down. Okay, but. Do we want to go above 170 if it's going to make contact once it hits the grain up top? Do I want to go up to 175? What's that going to do? See, here's the deal. When you're passing a liquid through a coil, you have a thing called laminar effect, Mm -hmm. laminar flow. Sorry. And think of it like a river, where if you're standing at the edge of a river, you don't really feel any drag. You keep walking further and further into the river to the point where your feet can't touch. All of a sudden, you're looking at a point on the side, and you're flowing down pretty quick. Same thing happens in any kind of tubing. So if you have that copper coil sitting 170-degree water, 
um, the real flow of that liquid's probably more, you know, 160 something, if not less, mm-hmm. uh, the heart of the flow. Okay. The edges have the surface area they're touching and, and are going much slower. All so right. it depends on the coil, diameter of the coil, the flow rate. I mean, there's a lot of variables in there. Is there a cutoff, though, as far as temp, where you don't want to be dumping, like, say, 180 degree water on top of that grain well, bed? Well, see, one thing you can add, and I've helped people do this, is add a thermometer on the out of their coil. And so you just put a simple T and a thermometer on there, and then you can measure the liquid. I've seen people even put it on the in and the out just to see Great what their idea. differential is. So then you could really know if you're dropping your 170. So even for sparging, if you want to have 170 sparge water rather than just raising temp, you could know it was actually 170. Yeah, and I've measured on a cold day when I was brewing up in Seattle um, where it came out of the hot liquor tank and the coil versus where it came into the sparge arm was like a seven to eight degree loss yeah. because it was just a cool day and you know it'd lose temperature on its way up to the top okay so there's a there's a lot of variables in there for that one okay and what about mash out um so i went from 156 to one tried to get to 165 and i mean is that like a 15 minute you know thing i mean is that personal depends on, well, depends thing? on how big you go on that differential and the speed of flow and does it matter how long it takes to get to your no does first off it doesn't matter except for what else you got to do that day okay. i mean that's really what your priorities what do you have to do blah 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 but uh no if it takes an hour it doesn't really matter yeah you're just stopping all the enzyme activity yeah right um, and, and Shat's mentioning a temperature much lower than most people are used to hearing with mash outs. And that's probably John and I kind of influencing you in there where we're not going for 171 or 170. We're usually going for 163 to 165. For your mash out? Uh-huh. Why? Uh, one, when you're running a recirculation system like that, you don't, the p- single point of temperature taking might not be the same as another point in the mash ton. So you first off don't want, 171 at that point, 170, where up above it, it could be 185 because it's taking that much inertia to get down there. Okay. Um, also, uh, I find I, the diminishing results kind of happen around there. I see. All right. So I have a question, both for for JP and you, Chris Graham, because you both started on other systems before. I mean, it took you. How long were you working at B3, JP, before you decided you had to have a sculpture? Uh, well, I tried to get one when I was working there. It was my probably fourth year. Ah, oh, so a while. Uh, so it took me a while to actually get it. So but were, once I did, <laughs> I wasted a lot of grain. <laughs> but you both did. You, you yeah. had these other systems, and, yeah. and, and you had the igloos the same as me. Mm-hmm. So here now you have this system in front of you, just like we do. Mm-hmm. And, you're, and you're finding, I'm sure, I'm, I'm guessing, but I'm sure, that you're finding you also are, are, your mash is a little off. You're trying to, is there anything you can remember in particular, tricks that you remembered uh, to do, any kind of advice that you would give somebody who's about to upgrade like that, how to make Make that transition easier. You know, you said it in the beginning, and there's really no there's really no uh, way to substitute for it. And that's you need to you need time on your rig. Okay. You, you need it. I mean, you need to brew with it. You need to and try to keep everything consistent. One thing I learned, uh, actually, the first I remember the first time that I really realized, oh, hey, the temperature of my ingredients really make a difference in what yeah. you know in the mash tun temperature. I don't understand. It was I was brewing. It was uh, 
I got something like a 12 degree or 13 degree drop in my deg- in my ingredients, and it was it was winter time, and I realized, oh, because I come home from the shop and I put my ingredients out in the garage with the system, and it's 50, and it's 50. So when I'm adding the water, and then you know overnight or whatever, then it's like 55, yeah. 60. No wonder I'm going to drop it. So actually, I, now I keep my grains inside. I have to say, I never even thought of that and no one ever mentioned it to me either it's something you just don't it's it's something you you learn and you just assume oh well everybody must know that because it's so friggin you know simple but i only ever noticed it at all because it's in promesh as i was trying to figure out i thought because i was messing up my strike temperature all the time and i'm going through promesh hoping that it's going to fix that for solve all your problems yeah but one thing it does say is what is the temperature of your grains and that's the first time i went Oh, yeah, that, of course that makes a difference. Does it say it like that, too? What is the temperature of your grades? What is the temperature? Yeah, it does. Yeah, Yours you, doesn't? No. Um, <laughs> what, I do, what I do with the uh, with, with, with that kind of stuff, I, I kind of don't care about it. Like, I, I usually hit, like, I, I, I heat my water to 160 now, mm. and I get in the low 150s, 150, but I'm off two degrees here and there every once in a while, and that's the way I brew. Some things I don't care about. Because two I, degrees in the mash is one of them. You don't care. Yeah, but just because f- for for me, for my attention span and for my like intelligence level, like seriously, um, I, there's other things I want to focus on, like making sure my uh, sparge temperature is right, or making sure my sparge time is accurate, or I don't boil over, or I'm paying attention to all this crap, or I'm sanitizing other shit. I, I don't. Um, that's one thing that that you know, it's kind of like picking your battles. Okay, yeah. you know, um, but you can definitely do it. I'm not trying to say that that it's not an important you know factor for repeatability because it, it, it tr- certainly is, and that's like you said, you need time on your gear to really figure out what you're doing. You, I, I hate to that's say the this substitute twice in one show, but I agree with JP. <laughs> what was the first time? <laughs> uh, horseshoes and hand grenades, really. I mean, sometimes y- you worry about one little point and you forget the big picture. Okay, and it's amazing. Uh, one of the things I'll say is. We're all talking about these huge jumps, huge leaps of faith. We're going from coolers to brew systems. We're, you know, yeah, blah blah. blah. But most homebrewers, including myself, going up to this didn't do it as big jumps. We did it as little tiny increments. Right. And one of the biggest things I can say that helped me out a bunch, and it was Colin at Downtown Joe's, who who worked with me a lot on this, was as you add each element, try to make a same beer that you know you've made before. Okay, and and then you know what the that element made a difference on, and even then you don't truly know because I mean, was your yeast so the factors, same health? Yeah. Was the you know, yeah. even though you did temp control, did you get it perfectly? Blah 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 blah. I, and that's go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I guess what I'm trying to say. I'm not not trying to say that it's not important, but um, there's other things you should worry about. And if you if you don't flip out, if you can't get you know within two degrees of your target mash temp, yeah, don't worry about it because well, there's so the many other I things have. that that you need to worry about. I, I worry about that. worry about your fermentation temp before you worry about anything else, and then work your yeah, way like, backwards. Like don't panic, but time after time, try to figure out. Okay, well, you know, so now I know I need to be between 160 and 162 in my mash ton to get my mash temp to 150 152 i know that because i've been brewing on the system for like three years okay and, and i've put I, I don't even know 50 you 60 batches under yeah i just learned it the <laughs> other day ago, yeah um so there's no you know there's no equation to plug in there's there no are. easier way yeah like you said promash has one they, okay. the, the uh, beer smith i believe does mm. it as well um beer alchemy a lot of those softwares can do it for you i mean it's a pretty common equation 
But the best equation comes from just keeping good notes. I mean, really, that should be the first part of the show. Okay. Is keeping notes on what happened. Not on what you were thinking. Not a journal. Not, doesn't matter any of that. Just what was my strike water? What was the net effect after I stirred in? What yeah. was that after a half hour? What was my st- sparge water when I started to sparge? Blah, blah, blah. What time? I'm those sure you kept parts. all those notes, Chad. Mentally. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, no. so they're gone. Yeah. Hey, you know, whether you write them down or not, I mean, just start paying attention to yeah. how fast is the runoff and how long did how long was the sparge at that runoff rate. Just look yeah. at it and see how fast it's coming, you know, out of the tube, if you will. Yeah, yeah. you guys mentioned sparging being yeah. an issue. Yeah, one of the things you should do, try doing is grab a traditional. Uh, well. I shouldn't say traditional. A cheap pint glass, just your normal, break typical <laughs> shaker glass. You know, shaker glass, okay. Shaker glass. Yeah, and time how long it takes to fill. And on my old system, I think it was something like twenty-one seconds per pint of liquid when it would start to overfill. And that's how I set my sparge t- uh, flow all the time. So how many pints are in your? Can I? Can I? I mean, just, you have to figure out how many. Go ahead. Can I just say that we're fucking snobs now? We're st- we're not we're 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 not just calling them pint glasses anymore because we made such a big deal about it. We're yeah. actually calling them shaker glasses. They're shaker glasses. And I love that. Yeah, that's what they are. Yeah. Call a you know a spade a spade. Where it's a shaker glass. Oh. I really had no idea what you were talking about. I was just like. Yeah, those yeah. typical right. bar glasses you right get here. that everybody thinks is a pint glass. Mm-hmm. That's that's a bartender's uh, mixing glass. That's not a cocktails. beer glass. It's for cocktails. I still call them pints. I mean, I'm not everybody gonna, does. Yeah, no. But we know now that it's not a true. But they beer tend, glass. Well, the reason I like them is they tend to be a thicker wall, yeah. which is yeah. uh, which is why they're good for handling that. You uh, like fat chicks, don't you? Yeah. Hey, my wife's in the other room getting drunk with your the Your wife's shamans. beautiful. I wasn't yeah. talking about your wife. But uh, you have this secret fetish for thickerness. Yeah, thick walls. Well, I, I would be worried to use oh. a delicate glass in my boil kettle running uh, hot yeah. liquid into it. Thick, okay. you mean like stupid or thick like... <laughs> right, yeah. both. Okay. Well, since we're talking sparging real quick, I want to uh, mention something that I learned from Tasty. Tasty was here that day help, uh, when, when Graham was here teaching us how to use yes, it. Yes, the inaugural brew. Yeah, I was here. You were here hanging out. <laughs> And, uh, we should make t-shirts. We didn't sink that ship. That was great. It was a good brew. It was a good brew. I had a, There's pictures on our Facebook page. If you <laughs> yeah. go there, there's an album with us. Oh, uh, oh not those right gay pictures. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I always knew that you should spend some time on your sparge. The, the mm-hmm. transferring of wort to your kettle should take some time. That's about as specific as I got with it. That's all I knew is that you don't just like open up the flow and let it, you know, fill it up. Uh, Tasty said uh, 45 minutes is for, for you, I don't know if you've gotten this elsewhere, but you said ideal yeah, sparge, 45 well, minutes. I'd say a minimum for 10 gallon batch. Yeah. I, I, I agree with, 60, yeah. with Tasty. I do 45, but I do it regardless of 5 10 or 20 oh, gallon really? batch. I mean, really, okay. the law of limiting returns. I mean, even on a 20 gallon batch, if you went an hour and a half, you're not going to, like, we, Ola and I used to be all about speed, and we do okay. tests. We do it at an hour sparge, 45 minute sparge. That's why I still like to mash for 45 minutes before going into mash out. Okay. He does 30 minutes because he found it was two points difference for him. I see. Just not very different. Yeah. So. 45 minutes, I just thought a good piece of information. Uh, the other part then for me and chat is figuring out what the flow rate... L- we were doing it visually, like 
what does it look like coming out of the tube? Uh, and that's something I think you get over time. Yeah. You know where you're at. But right. I like this trick now that you've just given us, Graham, of using a pint glass and calculating the seconds. Mm-hmm. And then I guess we have to know how many pints are in our... No, no. Well, no. I mean, you just do it once, and you say, okay, this looks like a good flow. Mm-hmm. Took. 38 seconds. Okay, okay, great. Write that down. Oh, and so then the just next always time you make do it, sure it takes And if you liked seconds. how long it took, if it, if it was I only see. a 15-minute t- spars, you go, okay, next time, I'm going to make it last yeah. 60 seconds. Cool, okay. When I, I first it. started, Olin was saying about a pint a minute. Yeah. And, oh, and I, I think I measured it maybe once on my old system. But, you know, you do it once or twice, you get to know. You just you, you, you visualize it. And I'm, I'm going to repeat it through the whole show. You need time yeah. on your rig. Yeah. You cannot get a new system no matter what and just go, oh, sure. I'm just going to, I know exactly what's going on. You need time on it because now I can see it and go, okay, that's good. That's a good sparge. And yeah, and I agree. It's just time. But so we yeah. did it the first time, and it was too slow. And then, mm-hmm. uh, and then we did it the second time, Shat and I, on, on Friday, and it was too fast. We we were almost done in twenty minutes. Well, like Chris uh, said, there's. I mean, what is too slow? You're, it's not. You're not hurting anything. You no, know, you don't. Just, want, you don't want to be wanna, too fast. No, that's all. I, and I guess I'm not talking about hurting your beer, uh, but. You know, you you want to. A lot of guys have families. You want to get in there. You want to mm-hmm. get your brew day done. You want to dial in these things. And one thing that we're going to talk about with Tasty is consistency of your beer. And then I think these things do make a difference. And that's where me- doing some sort of measurement. Yeah. Because you can't really measure the angle of the ball valve. You can't measure those things easily. But you can measure a flow rate pretty easily by having a constant value, which is your... How many seconds of pint? Yeah, unless you got some weird pint glasses in your house, some are two ounces, some are 30. I mean, that would be a problem. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just saying, you know, not that it's going to hurt anything, but um, you know, don't don't panic. Again, don't panic if you're going too slow. If you're going too fast, if it's like a waterfall coming out of there, yeah, you want to back that ball valve down a little bit, but um, if you think you're going too slow, then open it just a little bit. Like I, you know, I'll take my index finger and I'll just knock against the the, the, um, vulva the vulva and make sure that everything's fine in there <laughs> and then i'll you go just out for making this yeah. motion with your finger yeah. Yeah. hello hello and, and then i'll and then i'll go out and look at my sparge girls. <laughs> yeah. and uh, while she's recovering no and so i'll just open i'll just tap the the handle of the valve open just a little bit so you know i don't if i want to make a tiny adjustment i don't grip it and just rip it right open yeah um you know you just tap it a little bit and then like chris said write that down yeah okay you know but so don't don't overcompensate for it because a sparge is you know you just don't want to go too fast Okay. Um, everything else you, you can take you can take that pretty pretty simple just move you know go slow and then try to increase that time until it until it gives you what you want till you hit your gravity and you're not wasting as, as much time because like you said people you know you got other stuff you got to shit do. to do well, yeah. well even with this consider why you brew I mean, everybody's to drink. Bre- every, no, everyone's brewing for different reasons. <laughs> oh. To get drunk yeah. and hit my wife. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> some people brew with the idea of consistency and are looking to be competition brewers or consistency just for the fun of making the same beer over and over again. Yeah. Some people brew just because it's relaxing, it's fun to do. Some people brew because they love giving out their beer, as long as it's drinkable and a good product. You know, so there's different things here. When we really get into the nitty gritty, you know, it, it, sometimes you're talking about the tiny differences of, of not just good to great, but like really good to to great. Yeah. 
Um, what if you're Shat and you brew because we'll kick him out if he doesn't? <laughs> My problem's with Schumann's. <laughs> what then? Oh, they yeah. have no taste in beer. So, uh, Shat brews to keep up with the Schumann's. That's consumption. impossible. <laughs> well, they, they drink juice, so I wouldn't worry about it. Now, I was I was about to move on to another uh, uh, question. We're going to take a break first, but that question I was about to move on to uh, uh, sparked something for me that I want to make sure we cover before we go to a break. Uh, and and Graham and I were talking about this beforehand, and Shat and I have experienced it right now. So, man, love. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> we missed our. Let me let me clarify. We thought that yes. we missed our our. Uh, our original gravity by which a few I took, points. Which I took as an insult. I don't <laughs> know if you noticed that. You did. We thought we had missed our original gravity on both Thursday with you, because you, you left before the end of it, and then we did it. But I knew, I knew we had missed it at that point. Okay. Well, but I think we thought we missed it by more than that. And yeah. then on Friday, we thought we missed it by a whole bunch. And here's what we have discovered, and this should be uh, something that you do all the time, and certainly something you do when you get new equipment, if you're really looking to dial it in. Make sure that you calibrate all of your measuring equipment. And, and let me put a premise out here. Okay. This wasn't even your new equipment. No, it was That not. was the whole deal, because usually you want to check your new stuff. Yeah. But you should definitely check up on your current things yep. periodically and just have a schedule, at least in your brain, of, of yeah. when I am going to check that. Whether it's once a year, twice a year. It doesn't have to be every time you brew. No, but it should be when you get a new equipment, I think. Because then you want to, because you really want to make, because now I'm sort of disappointed these first couple batches that we thought we were taking good notes on so that we figured what we'd have to adjust. Turns out, Shat finds our refract is uh, four points uh, low oh, today. It's not calibrated. And, and we used a refract a lot because we like to take a pre-boil gravity, which I think everyone should be doing. I would not have said that to you a year ago, or, or maybe that's right about when I learned about the beauty of a pre-boil so that you can pre-boil gravity helps you hit your original gravity you know right then should i keep boiling should i boil less am i going to add dme what am i going to do anyway four points off right chef six oh six off oh what a bunch of douchebags you still can't get oh we were adding all that dme and sugar weren't we exactly (laughs) it's a new refract too is it? It is. And, so, and we didn't. And, and a brand new one, you should always calibrate. You know what? I, yeah. How do you calibrate a refract? Uh, distilled you, water. Can you use tap water? Use dist- It's cheap. Yeah, it's but you got to go to the gotta, store. Buy, you got to buy a gallon of you it. Gotta yeah, buy, buy a gallon and it lasts you drink like it. years. You can keep, no, you can keep it just forever. Well, as, you, you know what you should do? Uh, so that would, if, if you, if you want to recalibrate your refract and you don't have uh, a humidor, mm-hmm. it's your excuse now to get a humidor because you use distilled water to keep that moist. So, oh, is that what my uh, humidor juice is? Yeah, that's what your humidor, well, no, that's a 50, but, but, oh. but you fill it, the, the sponge up with, we uh, don't want to know what you two do. <laughs> with with distilled water. Oh, yeah. I see. So I'm just saying. Okay. Sounds you, so creepy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so because I've only I somebody in here and and that person may not be in this room right now, but somebody said you use tap water. It's close enough. That is it not me. close enough? No, you don't know what's in your tap water. Oh, it is close. Don't tell me that. It's gonna come <laughs> super close. But if you want it Delta accurate. Water. Distilled water, and it should read zero. No, our, see, our water changes source twice a year. So how do you know yeah. you know what's in it? Does it have to be it's a certain... If, if it is a temp... Uh, if it's an ATC uh, uh, Oh, refract, yes, this is point number two I wanted to make. Okay, but but let's stick with this first. So automatic temperature-controlled... Compensation. Uh, compensation, okay. 
do, do I have to put my distilled water at a certain temp, or can it be room temperature? It doesn't room matter. Room temperature is probably fine, because room temperature is not going to swing much above 90 and not much below, like, 60-something. Okay. But ideally, 60 degrees. Okay. And so uh, that's what I need, and and then my refract should read zero. Yes. With that. Yes. Okay. And so, uh, so the other point of that automatic temperature compensation is a lot of people like to just throw boiling or close to boiling wort right on the lens. Yes. And uh, like with any, with any instrument, you know, that's pushing its elements to their furthest degree. And so you're going to throw it off faster that way. You're going to make them break down faster that way. You know, you, you, it's like getting in your car and just slamming the gas on, yeah. slamming the brakes on at every stop sign, slamming the gas back on, and just never anything in between. So you're not supposed to drive like that? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like riding with Bevo. Yeah. I get it. Wait yeah. till you see what your transmission bill is after yeah. like two months. So like my usual way of doing it is I like to have a a couple porcelain plates or bowls, whatever, from the kitchen. I'll take my sample. Chat likes to have a couple bowls first, too. <laughs> <laughs> Different ones. Oh. Uh, take your sample, put it into it so it transfers the temperature, lowers it at least down to like 100, you know, and then put it on your refractometer or your pH meter or whatever you're using. Okay. Um, it's it's going to last you longer. It's going to stay accurate longer. You won't need to calibrate it as often. All um, right. That's a good point. Because I always thought, well, look at it. If it says ATC, it better goddamn well be ATC. Of, but I can understand the abuse part th- of it. Think of viscosity. Yeah. Think of like something like a honey or malt extract. If you get that cold, it's pretty hard to do something with. Yeah. You warm it up, and it's pretty thin and easy to get it to do what you want to do. Okay. Same thing with water, just at a lesser degree. And that, But that's what you're reading kind of when you're using a refractometer. All right. So we got some calibration to do, Shat. Oh, yeah. And by we, we mean you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it means, uh, don't you have some calibration to do, Shad? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. We got more to cover, and I do have listener questions in front of me. I'll be getting those over to Chris Graham. Got a bunch of them coming through, which is good. I like to see that. Just good. join the chat. Uh, hit the chat now button on the homepage. Bevo's in there. How's everybody doing, Bevo? They're being fine. Are they being nice? Yeah. Uh, to each other and to you? Yeah. That's good. They don't see anything bad, I guess. Good. Nice people. No fruit? No, no fruit yet. <laughs> no fruit <Leaks>. yet. <laughs> but there's a lot of vegetables. <laughs> Maybe we have to like create a page, like a venting page, right? Like a you can put all the links you want on this page, well, so you don't put it in the. In. You can yeah, you can build your own room in, in there, can't you? You can, but come on. Whatever. So if they, they want to go in the JP room, yeah, they, I don't even want that room there. If imagine. they want to make their own room, we'll get our door busted down by the feds or something. Yeah, we probably. start making people's own rooms in there. <laughs> we get ugly. That's true. All right. If you have questions about your system, we're talking a lot about uh, what Shat and I have done with our system because that's the example we have. But maybe you've got some. 888-401-BEER or just enter the chat room and we'll use your questions too. And then Tasty's going to help us learn a bit about uh, how to brew consistently. Oh, wake up, Tasty. So stick with us. The session, we're coming back. Hang in there, kids. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. What have you gotten out of a vial of White Labs yeast? WLP 001, Cal Ale, baby! 23, Burton Ale. 008, East Coast Ale. Cal Common, WLP 810. It's going to be WLP 400 with beer. I got a sweet hoodie for my vial. Huh? Huh? 
White Labs, your source for great brewer's yeast, would like to invite all homebrewers to join the White Labs Customer Club. Redeem your empty vials for great White Labs merchandise and products. Free yeast, glassware, t-shirts, baseball caps, sweatshirts, polo shirts, and you won't believe what you'll get for 5,000 vials. Members also receive a newsletter packed with White Labs updates and facts, interviews with professional brewers, brew your own clone recipes, beercook.com recipes, and customer club stories. The White Labs Customer Club. Save your vials and get in the club. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Like a barbecue spoiled by a skunk or a garage sale that ain't nothing but junk like a pair of jeans that never should have shrunk I only think about you when I'm drunk When I'm drunk When I'm drunk I only think about you when I'm drunk Yeah, when I get down to drinking That's when I start to thinking I only think about you when I'm drunk Boy, who knows he's gonna flunk Or a kid at camp Falling out of his bunk Like Shaquille O'Neal Missing on a dunk I only think about you When I'm drunk When I'm drunk When I'm drunk I only think about you When I'm drunk Well, it comes as no surprise When I see those dark green eyes Communist regime persecuting a monk Or a refugee on a raft that sunk Like a millionaire executive tossed in a trunk I only think about you when I'm drunk When I'm drunk When I'm drunk I only think about you when I'm drunk Well, I probably shouldn't complain But there's a little part of my brain That makes me think about you when I'm drunk Yeah, your memory's reinstated When I'm intoxicated I only think about you when I'm drunk Yeah, when I get down to drinking That's when I start thinking I only think about you when I'm drunk Live Beer Radio the Brewcasters. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's exactly. so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. Put yeah, some sugar and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah. Like <laughs> Network. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck.
right, ladies, welcome back to the program. The program that hopefully is not interfering with Bevo texting her friends. OMG, LOL. I'm actually playing Pong. Try that again. I'm actually playing Pong. Put that shits away. We were on a break. Pong. I wanted to finish the level. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Get back from the level. You know, the people level are going to think that you really don't care about what's happening in that chat room. Every time they've asked me a question, I've passed it on to you. But maybe they just want to chat with you, find out how things are. Yeah. You know? Find out your Talk about your, your you know. yeah, like yeah. Uh, what you and Sam are up to lately yeah. in the room. Things like that. You know. I mean, you're just going to play Pong the whole time. Yeah. Maybe, like, maybe that's what they want to know about. Maybe you and Sam Ponging. It's it's like putting JP <laughs> in the chat room. Yeah. You know what, you Wait, know? what does that mean? Well, you, get, you know what I mean. I don't understand. You and I need to have a... I don't speak just to be heard. I only talk when there's something relevant to say. That a girl. Oh, boy. That's uh, not a girl. Did you just fucking read that in like a famous <laughs> quotes book or something? How, yeah. how can I be a better wife? Yeah. 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 Well, was a list in Cosmo, 8,000 ways to lie to your man. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I don't read Cosmo. Absolutely. I did just finish the Harry Potter book, though. I'm really excited about it. Oh, it's the same, oh, same as Cosmo, isn't it? It's Cosmo for 12-year-olds. Amy, are you a Harry Potter book fan also? Yes. Yeah, I knew it. Chris Graham's wife Amy's hanging out with yeah. us too, and another Harry Potter book fan, just like JP. I don't Actually, I've never read the Harry Potter books. Have you seen the movies? Uh, I have, and I don't really like them. Yeah. The books are a lot better. I don't really like that or Lord of the Rings. I don't like reading. I don't like reading. I, don't, I like to listen. Unless it's an instruction manual for World of Warcraft. Then I'll read the hell out of that thing. <laughs> read that shit. The level guide. <laughs> How to cheat. Yeah. All right, I do have a lot of your questions in front of me. Eight 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 four zero one beer. Plus, uh, you can join Beavis in the chat room there. Um, but uh, I may or may not talk to you. <laughs> Apparently, I may be paying may attention. Be, I may be paying solitary. I may be blogging about my ponging. <laughs> Twitter. I won. <laughs> I still want the beaver cam, so that people, oh, yeah. so that people can know when she's just ponging, <laughs> just paddling it. If you'll excuse the turn of the phrase. Yeah. All right, one thing that I do want to talk about is another homebrew competition that's coming up. It's coming up real quick. This is late notice, but uh, I know we got a lot of listeners in Texas, and this is a Texas homebrew competition. And it's one that uh, I'd like you guys to enter if you do have time for it. And if you missed out on the SoCal one, or maybe you just had a lot of of fun entering in the SoCal competition that we supported, and you want some more feedback, um, maybe you didn't get enough feedback, uh, and you got some of the same beers. There's another competition happening. Uh, It's brought to you. It's the third annual North Texas Homebrewers Association Limbo Challenge. Limbo. The cool one, uh, the cool thing about this one, JP, yes. uh, is uh, I think you'll like it because it's all low gravity session beers. Oh, I love that. So you're I kind of a it. session beer guy. Yeah. Um, so it's not all beer styles. It's anything low gravity session beers. I'm going to let Shat talk about the guidelines, but you should know this: uh, entries are due now. Uh, they started uh, on the 18th, and they're due by August 1st. Oh yeah. So you got to do it. The you actual like a week. Yeah, you got to do it now. The the award ceremony is August 23rd. So this is going to be something that you've already brewed. But if you've got anything um, that meet the requirements, it's an AHA sanctioned uh, competition. It's part of the Texas Circuit, which is. 
is like the Blue Bonnet. We've heard of that one before. That's a big one. And the Dixie mm-hmm. Cup, another big competition. Right. It's all part of that Texas circuit. Um, and you can go for all the rules, shipping info, and information to limbocomp.org. Chat, what are the requirements for this low-gravity session so beer? pretty much all these beers have to be under 1050, 1050 or less. Okay. Um, there's going to be a special lawnmower beer category, which is pretty cool. Nice. Um, three bottles. What is that? Is that like, uh, as, as long as it's an American light lager, it's a lawnmower beer? I, I just think when you're Reeds. out yeah, mowing the lawn, I mean, what are you going to drink when you come in, right? So anything I you drink... Texas well. in the summer. Okay. Yeah. And that's the lawnmower category. Yeah. You don't put, like, grass in it. No. All right. <laughs> Cousin. <laughs> Checking. Um, and definitely just, you know, the bottles are the same. You guys know the routine. 12, 16-ounce bottles. Um, those will work. Um, you can attach the bottle ID form to each bottle with a rubber band like you usually do. Don't stick them on there. Rubber band them. That's right. Um, entry form and check or money order for the entry made out to North Texas Homebrewers Association. Okay. Um, there's going to be first, second, third prize medals, um, best to show, and uh, I guess you'll receive a one-of-a-kind trophy if you win. Best to show. Oh, one-of-a-kind. <laughs> All entries can be sent to Homebrew Headquarters, 300 North Coit Road in Richardson, Texas. Um, again, just go to Limbo, what is it, Limbo Comp? Dot org? Yeah, uh, limbocomp.org for all the information. And I do believe that uh, Shat has a low-gravity beer that could be entered in this. We're going to send it in, yeah. Yeah, what do you have, a wit? A wit. So you're going gonna to enter? I think so, why not? Was that, that was 1050? Yeah. With the refractometer, that was like 1048. (laughs) Hey, doesn't matter. Ours said 1050. It's going in. (laughs) You prove us wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The judging is going to be the 9th to the 10th. Um, Again, the deadline is the 1st to get those in. And uh, it looks like it starts on a Saturday, ends on a Sunday. And it's at the Big Buck Breweries where they're going to do the awards on the 23rd. Cool. All right, so limbocomp.org. JP, do you have a lo- you have yeah, a session? I do have a couple beers, yeah. What do you have? Um, that oatmeal stout, that uh, oaked oatmeal stout. I mean, it's kind of borderline because wow. it was like bourbon-soaked oak. But the, the beer itself came in around 1050. Okay. So um, I'm just going to put it in there and see what happens. But, Could uh, do. All right. And then uh, hopefully maybe my Berliner Weitz, uh, oh. which is fermenting in a keg in a couple days. That might be done. And then um, I think I have my Dusseldorf Alt. All right. I got to check the stats on that, yeah. Okay. Tasty, you got any sessions? Well, it's going to be tight. I, I brewed a 1050 uh, Pale Ale today, and uh, if I can get that thing to uh, ferment out in eight to nine days... Uh, and you could do it. I could crash it, filter it, and get it in the mail, yeah. All right. All right. All that sounds good. Limbocomp.org. And then, as the last part of this competition, I just wanted to say um, that it kind of looks like a chick from the 70s left their vagina on your face, JP. Oh, oh man. Oh, oh man. Yeah. That's harsh. Yeah. Graham, do you have anything to say about that? Uh, did you get that idea for your beard from To Catch a Predator? Oh. oh. <laughs> Tasty? What do you think? You know, that mustache makes you look more like your cat. Oh, oh man. You got ugly cats, too. I huh? do. Yeah. 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 Oh, they're black. Man, where'd you get that haircut? The pet shop? Oh, God damn it. Beavis, anything? Push the button. There you go. I just think when I do shoe lights, uh, Brazilian wax, we should line JP up for a face Brazilian. Oh, face oh. for that could hurt. Ow. Yeah. yeah. All right, limbocomp.org. And uh, check them out into your session beers. Looks like a couple of us are going to do it too. Uh, us meaning not me. And um, 
Yeah. Hey, thanks, Jason. Thunder Chicken in the forum for giving us a heads up about that. So I hope you guys want to enter that. I got some other comps uh, we might be doing, too. So uh, keep an eye out. We, we give you the good ones here on the BN, and we'll always let you know about the fun oh, yeah. ones. I like a session beer comp. That's a good idea. That's a great idea. A lot of times you e- see the high gravity ones. Yeah, right? You can totally go judge for that and yeah. still go out that night. Yeah. <laughs> I've always wanted to do a pale ale beer fest. That's a good one. But just, you know, like tough. barley wine festivals and wood-aged beer. Exactly. <laughs> Pale ale. Yeah. Or like wit beer. <laughs> just to yeah. just to make fun of all those, like, themed conference, you know, theme things, but also... Fruit beer fest. Yeah, but what a, <laughs> what a great what a great fest, man. I think it'd be awesome. Yeah, quaffable beers. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, so let's move on a little bit. we got a couple other things to cover uh, in terms of, um, you know, upgrading our equipment. But I had some really good questions come through at the break, Graham, that I wanted to... Um, you know, make sure that I passed over. One of them was about the the igloos specifically, but I think we could use this for mash tons in general. So uh, basically, I got two questions from two different people, and one one of them said, "I'm in Seattle and it's pretty cold." Yep. Uh, so he asks, and let me ask both questions first. But he says, "Do I have to preheat the mash tun?" And then another question was uh, for all grain brewers: If you have that igloo mash tun like like I used to use, um, you know, should we add hot? Oh, actually, wait. That's a second question that that you that you brought up about water to grain or grain to water, which we okay. should do. But the first one it applies to the igloo because I used to do this. Uh, should we preheat our mash tuns if we're going to be you know before we mash so I, that we don't lose temp? Okay, so when you're going in a cooler situation where you don't have okay, so you're going to heat your water in a separate vessel. So whether it's a keg or whatever it's going to be, and then you're going to transfer it into this cooler. Yeah. Two different methods. One, consistency, taking good notes and knowing what your drop's going to be. So I used to know my drop was 17 degrees approximately most of the school year, because that's when I lived up in Eugene in Seattle. Um, And so I, at first, used to heat some water, put it into the mash tun, let it sit for a half hour while I heat the rest of my water that I was actually going to dough in with. Okay. Dump that water out, then fill it up, and then do my whole thing. Because you have all this insulation and plastic that's at a temperature, and I was trying to pre-warm that up. And then I learned, why not just take that into the grand scheme of things and just start higher? Oh, just calculate for it. Yeah. So okay. You can do it both ways, is what I'm trying to say. You yeah. know, and it's going to be a little bit higher. Yeah. <laughs> I always preheated my igloo because it was easy. You I mean, I had I considered it part of my but what strike temperature? Water anyway. Some people did it at a boil, like yeah. a gallon. Some people did 150 degrees. You got to then heat up another set of water. Well, I just did it. Here's what I did. So I have my strike water, right? Yeah. I've got and and for me because I only had one burner and I was going into a kettle to mash. So I had the entirety of my strike water in the You mean a cooler. In the uh, uh in the kettle. Yes. Heating up. Yes. And then I put it in my igloo cooler. So I would get it to my strike temp, which, you know, so if I was going 152, I would my strike temp would be around 164, 165. Okay. When it got to 165 in in my kettle, I would put about four or five inches of that into my igloo. Good, cover a it. good concise repeatable number four or five whatever you know i cover i would cover the gra- i would cover my false bottom and then some sure i knew it was it was pretty you know it was fucking close grandma all right yeah. come on well we're talking about consistency and i i know you're right i think jade does know the difference visually between four inches and five if you know what I mean. <laughs> 
one's huge. The difference between me and you. <laughs> That's right. Wait, wait. I would put the top on it, I'd, and then I, I'd let it sit for a minute, let the steam, sure. I'd shake it around, right? And I felt, even though, now I get what you're saying, I don't know exactly now what the temperature of my mash tun is, but I felt like I was going to lose a hell of a lot less temperature having heated that to, say, you know, 150-ish sure. than I was if I just put it in there cold. I, and I agree with you. Okay. But you can just go the full distance and just raise that 164 to 166. Because the calculation told you to do that, you're saying. I didn't even use a calculator. That just was repeatable over and over and over again. I did, the ProMash wasn't a software back when I started brewing. And it, okay. you know, so it was more of just trial and error that we used to come up yeah. with those. You're going to get a temperature drop, whatever it is, measure it. Yeah, and and then the next time you do it, if yeah. it was too low, go a little higher. Or okay. that time, uh, if it's too, if it's not your strike water temp, uh, take it out, put it back in the kettle, heat it up a little bit. Yeah, okay, like a decoct kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So All right, and then the the second part, and here's something that uh, so I never did when I was doughing in in my igloo, I would add the water as I was adding the grain. And I had seen brewers do that on their pro systems. Fair enough. Yeah. I've hung out with like Morgan over at EJ Fair and helped him dough in. Sure. And I've stirred out his dough clumps. You have water and grain entering at the same time. At the same time. Yeah. And so I always did it that way. Um, but one thing that you said, and you were probably just, you're talking about the 1550 in general. But No, I was just talking about brewing in general. Okay. You said to me, um, you always add grain to water, not water to grain. So... You wouldn't have me put like my my whatever twenty pounds of grain into the mash tun and then fill it with water. Exactly, and and it doesn't mean you have to fill it with water and then add your grains. Okay, but you want to have a little more water than grains, not a little more grains than water. Okay. So if you're trying to blend them in at the same time, you want to make sure if you're doing that that you have an even distribution of water and grain so that you don't end up with big clumps and dough balls and that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, so it's easier for most of us to just have a bath of water and then just add our grains in. All right. See, I like doing it that way now. Now I put all of the water in the mash tun. It's just easier, yeah. But see, I was always worried about the dough clumps and stuff, and I'm and Tasty's there, and I mentioned that, and he looks at me like I'm an asshole. Like, uh, what well, do you, you think? Are. He's like, what do you think? Water isn't going to find its way through the grain? <laughs> and I, but me, I'd al- I'd always been told, watch out for dough clumps. Well, and it's really it, maybe it, on a seven barrel system, y- exactly. Or if you tried to blend them in at the same time, or if you were. Just putting all your grain in and adding water. Because, yes, you could make impenetrable barriers, but it would be really difficult to do if you had all your water in there. And then and you throw all your grain in. in. Yeah. I mean, I was really surprised, Tacey, that you're like, you're, you're, you're what are you, a jerk-off? Uh, no. It's, it's, of course the water's going to hit the grain. So you always do it that way. I, I, mean, I watched all the uh, AHA Big Brew videos, and then every one of everybody was, uh, or it took two people to dough in. Cause yeah. One had to stir it while the other one was pouring it in. And right. The, and... and Mike was even saying, like, sometimes you really feel like you never had to stir at all. Yeah, that's what he said. He said, sometimes I just pour it and I don't even stir. And I'm thinking, I, I can't do that. It's going to be clumpy. Well, You're saying, Hasty, it's not going to be well, clumpy? Well, unless you've got a really thick mash. I mean, yeah. All right. right. But if you're, I mean, look, yeah, we, even like do, a, we do like 1 to 2, 1.2. That's perfect. That's good. 1.2, 1.3, Is our water to grain ratio. Sure. That's a good And yeah. you're saying, throw it in there, don't worry well, about I, it. I, yeah, I stir mine, but, you know, not like excessively. Just, you know, mix it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know, like a stir here, a stir there. <laughs> right. I was always worried about clumps. If you go in, if you have a base of water, you throw your grains in, it's not nearly the concern if you tried to add them at the same time. Okay. 
You know what's different now, too, is our old system. Basically, you'd stir up front, you know, while you're doming in. And then when you're getting ready to recirc, you'd stir it up right before the recirc. We're doing a fly sparge now, so there's really no need to stir that mash up, right? Yeah. So that's that's a lot different, too, though. I don't know if you used to do that on our old system that but way. But the, 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 the coolers. The, the deal with the system, though, you can fly or batch. doesn't matter. Okay. Whatever you want to do at that point. But that's different. I don't know. Can you remember back that far when you brewed on the left system? <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> I have another system. <laughs> but, I mean, the the mash is so thin now, you know, because we can do it. We have yeah. the capacity. It's it's really nice. It's a lot easier yeah, to do that research. Yeah. Okay. And, and, I mean, that's one big thing a lot of people talk about is that water-to-grain ratio. And people are worried about nailing, you know, 1 to, you know, 1.1, 1, 1 to 1.2, 1 to 1. Blah, blah, blah. It's a pretty big range. I've seen people go as little as like 0.7 quarts of water per pound of grain. Yeah. All the way up to where they're trying to do a really big high alcohol beer. All the way up to like 1.6 and still come close to what they wanted as a starting gravity. Okay. All right. couple questions specifically about uh, your sculptures in the chat room here. Someone wants to know uh, approximately how much would a clone of the Brewing Network's 1550 run. Because you kind of upgraded it for us. One million dollars. No. Wow. One million dollars. Someday uh, maybe we'll sign it and try to auction <laughs> that thing off for some cash. Uh, what you guys have is probably about a $4,000 brew system. Okay. Because it's got a lot of automation on it. I'm telling yeah. you. This, you you have two one-of-a-kind things that I don't plan on repeating. Okay. Uh, well, actually, three or four, but one two, giving it to Jamil first. Yeah. <laughs> Can't repeat that. <laughs> two main things. One is your self lighting burner. Only you and Doc have that. Nice. Um, and I don't plan on repeating that. All right. Uh, two is that that second switch on the control panel. Um, oh, the off on switch. Yeah, the dock switch that you probably have no clue what it does. No, I but, do. But I like sure the special dock switch. Actually, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't know what it does. Uh, yeah, it's the opposite. Yeah, then, he keeps turning it off. I'm like, no, it has to be on <laughs> unless <laughs> unless there's a special moment. No, it doesn't have to be on or off. Graham, it has to be on. <laughs> Listen to me. It's the special dock switch, and if you turn it off, you don't know what's going to happen. All right. Shit could go down. <laughs> so apparently neither one of you have a clue. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. And then you have self-leveling feet. Um, self-loving feet? Leveling. Yeah. Yes. Oh. That's really cool, actually. Yeah. And I can't I've seen think- that website. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Jamil was lamenting that fact yesterday. He couldn't believe that. Uh, yeah, probably, well, because he didn't know it had it. And one thing he was, you know, we're all excited. He's always bitched about it. That's exactly. why I built it. Yeah. Well, we're excited for the system, right? And all he does is start bitching. He goes, you know, that thing really needs leveling feet. And I'm going. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw leveling feet on it. I don't know what you're talking about, but I, I put it on after we. I see. Know. Got it back from him. Yeah, he got sick of listening to him bitch about it. <laughs> All right. I don't know what he's brewing on that he needs that, but I don't know either. What does he have now? Another fifteen fifty. He's got another fifteen fifty. He does. <laughs> yeah, it's stainless this time. Spring on the side of a hill. Okay. Somebody else asked. Um, well, it, here here's a good example of when you're upgrading, trying to go for consistency, because that's all he cares about, really. I mean, is having a consistent experience. So he bought, or bought, yeah, he didn't pay for anything, but <laughs> wait, wait. he used his credit with us, which is uh, a lot. Which is a lot. Yeah, so he I owe him more than he owes me. Okay. Um, when he got the Ninkasi for the second time, we upgraded him, um, and he said, I wanted a 20-gallon system. And 
them. We made them a beautiful stainless 20-gallon system. Same thing as this 10-gallon, just 20. What the fuck does he want that for? He doesn't drink any beer. Well, exactly. his thought was he'd be able to do one single mash and, you know, be able to brew different beers off of that. Uh, and, I see. Okay. And, and do this, that, and the other. But what he found quickly was, and so this has to do with the upgrade thing. I'm not just rambling. Okay. Um, he wasn't as consistent. Because you had a lot more surface area, because he really wasn't brewing the 20-gallon batches that, you know, just because you're making a 20-gallon batch mash doesn't mean you're brewing 20-gallon batches. Okay. Your surface area when you boil, that kind of stuff, all make huge differences in your final product. And so after getting to know your system, he uh, bought this bigger, twice as big system, thinking, hey, twice as big, I can do whatever I want in it. And it's kind of like trying to get good gas mileage in a, you know, Escalade or something like that. Or a Hummer, for yeah, example. Exactly. Yeah. We'll just use two cars randomly. <laughs> just randomly. Yes. <laughs> like a Shadillac and a Hummer. Oh! <laughs> All right. So he went back to a 1550. He went back to a 1550 because... How he, pissed are you that he's like, oh, thanks for the thanks for the 20 gallon. You can have it back now. No, no, it actually worked out quite well. <laughs> okay. I had another customer and needed a hurry. Good, good. <laughs> All right, so, but he found that he could be more consistent and, and accurate. Well, it was that whole switching your equipment up. Yeah. Finding out what's new yeah. and what's different. And, and really, he came down to, he could be very consistent brewing 10 gallons in his 10 gallon system. Okay. But he couldn't get that same consistency batch to batch 10 gallons in a 20 gallon system. So just bigger is not always better, basically. Okay. Here's a question for you about a 2050. Okay. Um, what's the difference between, a, this isn't the, this is my question, what's the difference between a 1550 and a 2050? Uh, yours 10 gallons. Is, uh, <laughs> yes. That's a basically 10 gallons versus 20. Okay. I guess uh, this person um, has one on order. Sweet. Um, For eight years. <laughs> no, we're jerks. going quite quickly now. Uh, he wants to know what instructions there are for something like that. It, and and by the way, you you do get these systems like we got it, and you, you kind of look at it and you go, "All right, I can generally see how things work." But in some ways, you're like, "Well, I have no idea what to do with this thing." Yeah. Here's the deal: well engineered piece. Like, okay, so I get my, uh, and I'm a Mac geek now. I'll relate it to that. I get a, a <coughs> fanboy. <coughs> <coughs> PowerBook. Sorry, Pro. I got a, I got no a thing in my. And it came with one sheet of paper. That was my whole user manual for this thing. All right. But you start using it, and you're like, oh, this is pretty easy to use. Okay. And it, it really, if I knew nothing about computing, it would be a different start than if I had the basics down in my brain and I was you just have to know a little, yeah. So that's kind of my theory to brew sculpture manuals. But there, with all that being said, if you go to morebeer.com, click on the sculptures uh, link on the front page, you'll find our brewing manual there. Okay. Or, or brew sculpture manual. All right, and and we've already, by the way, referenced your online brew sculpture manual. We did. That's yeah. why we didn't call you. A I'm dozen just letting. Times I'm just Friday. letting this guy know that as well. Yeah, sure. But I'm saying it's useful because we had you here on Thursday. We're lucky for that. And then on Friday we called you once because I, you know, yeah. I was lazy. And, but then later <laughs> it was getting late, and I didn't want to bug you. We used. I the wouldn't manual. answer. <laughs> yeah, so we did use the manual. Chad has. I think he has it saved or something. Yeah, he, he would. Well, the, Jamil wrote the manual. That was part of one of our deals. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, good. I saved it. So you get a little pro because Jamil wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are you working on another? Uh, yes, I'm working on the new generation. Brew sculptures are already out there. The and Gen I'm working, X. I'm working on the new manuals right now. All right. But they're called womanals. <clears throat> um, in, uh, uh, alternatively, you can uh, pay for one of us to fly out there and, and brew with you. 
Do you guys have so, that as, as an option? As long in your, as you pay attention. Yeah. Is that it, in the shopping cart? Not no, yet. it should be though. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's yeah. a good product. But uh-huh. uh, if you, you know, depending on where you live or whatever, if you want to buy a flight and can you choose your person? Yeah. General rules really? are yes, you can fly one of us out, but you have to fly us out, put us up, not in your house. That's a new rule I <laughs> yeah. made recently. Good rule. Yeah. Yes. Good rule. Um, and that you know, gets generally treat us somewhat nicely. <laughs> Pay yeah. attention. Well, that's optional. And I don't come out again. Just it's a one-time deal. I've gone out twice once, and I will never do that again. Oh, what if someone requests JP? Would you allow that? Absolutely, sure. I know a thing or two about a thing or two. Well, I don't mean that you don't know, but like you may never get that customer back. (laughs) Sure, you know what? It's a risk they're willing to take. (laughs) What if they ask for John, the chicken boy? I'll send. If 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 Anna will let him go. If they if that's what they want, that's what they'll get. <laughs> I like this. I like that you can choose your all star. Yeah, you sure. Get Jesse, if you want, you know, yeah, maybe really. one of the gold. Pick Thunder. Regan if you want. Oh, I would always choose Regan. So would I. I don't care if he knows shit about the system or not. You choose Regan. Trust me, it's a party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some of these trips are nightmares. I mean, I, I've flown. Jeez. I don't know how, how many times have I probably Tell seven or eight times I've done this for people, and. Sometimes, I mean, I was in a very interesting place in Utah. Yeah, you were. In, uh, Mobile, Alabama. Uh, sometimes you get there and the freight company damages the brew system, but oh. yet you got to MacGyver it to work. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, could, yeah so, fun. but, yeah, you know, one of the things I recommend is use it first. If you are ever going to take us up on that offer, use it, understand it, then have us come out. Yeah, have all your questions and... Well, just even work through those first little bits if you want to become a race car driver you don't just buy a car oh you actually take a few test laps you i think i think you just shattered justin's dream right there (laughs) shit i'm gonna cancel that order (laughs) all right uh here's a question about burners um burner i don't even know her wants to know if are turkey burners okay or is, is there a better option for propane tank users and this leads me to i asked you this when you when you showed up with our uh, 1550 what's that burner called that is our hot liquor tank burner because it's different than like the the than the the what's it called the bayou okay. burner i have so how about this you have high pressure burners and you okay. have low pressure burners all right your um your hot liquor tanks on a low pressure system because it's digitally controlled solenoid valve okay and uh some people call that a wok burner all right and because they have multiple jets, and so that way, in when you're cooking, if food's to spill over, you don't want it to just extinguish the fire. Okay. Um, it's hard to control, but it's it's easier if one little clump goes out, the rest of them are still going, and they'll self light again. I see. Where a high pressure system usually works off of a smaller concentric ring, or not concentric, just smaller ring of yeah. of concentrated flame or gas coming out, and that's your turkey fryer, your banjo burner whatever you want to call it there's a thousand words for it i don't care if it cooks turkeys if it deep fries if it does whatever and they're the ones that sound like a jet airplane taking off when you they have varying degrees there's one that's really bad it's just a cut pipe and it has a jetting on the bottom and it has a little disc you move and that's the worst that is just louder than all hell okay then you have what on your brew system we call high pressure burner and it's pretty loud 
And then you have the low-pressure burner, which is a little bit less loud. So I was under the impression that those low-pressure burners, and you guys at home, you've probably seen them, like like Graham mentioned, they have the several brass tips pointing in different directions. I was under the impression that had to be uh, plugged into a low-pressure system like your house gas, and not you can't plug in a regular propane tank to those. You, and you are correct, okay. except when you get into low-pressure regulators. So that you just need a regulator then? You need a low-pressure regulator. And you really, if you don't know what you're doing, you should find someone who does. Okay. Messing with gas and flames, you don't want just, you know, your average drunk to, you know, hook it up. I will set it up for you! <laughs> what if you tape, for like... 20 animal crackers <laughs> and a soda! What if you tape, like, cardboard to the airflow to try to yeah, adjust the airflow? And, and Is flames. that not a good idea? <laughs> I've actually... Put, I've, never, I've never done that. I've actually packed my boogers into a little piece of pipe and yeah. put a little hole in it. It you stuff fine. a bunch of toilet paper into the end that has the airflow, that's... A, like, as long as you adjust the airflow, it's fine, right? Yeah. Like I said. Okay. I've been holding on to this for a while because the chat wanted me to say this, and I was waiting for the right moment, but you are such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I have done that. Our and first, now we're done. Me, our, me or him? No, totally Justin. <laughs> Both of you, really, if you want to get down to it. Our first burner, I did that. I we Someone told me to adjust the airflow. It wasn't on the flame side. No. It was on the other side. Yeah. Put a little cardboard in there. Did it work? So, see, they make these little it metal totally grates. It totally worked for like two brews, and then it caught fire. Well, there you go. <laughs> then it was duct tape. Really? Yeah. So duct it tape co- never caught fire. So No, it just melts. Yeah. <laughs> And if it drips on you, it's, you know, all kinds of problems. It was fine. Duct tape worked great. (laughs) But the story of the game, really, those little propane tanks. Yeah. High pressure. That's the one thing. It's liquid propane, whichever way you want to do it. Whether it's, you know, the the digital hot liquor or the regular boil or mash tun. But it's much easier to control the high pressure than it is the low pressure. All right. The low pressure on off, the high pressure you can actually adjust the flame during boil over and whatnot. So, I guess his real question that he was asking if, if there's a better one for propane tanks than than the turkey fryer fryer type, and you're saying no, that's probably the perfect kind for if you have a tank within the different actual heads elements, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, there are better ones than others. Okay. Like the cheapest Walmart. Uh, burners I've seen, they're garbage. They're okay. re- they're really hard to even keep uh, lit. All right. Um, let alone adjust their flame height and everything. Thank you for that, by the Sorry. way. Sorry. <laughs> I was looking over at Terrence the Black hanging out in the studio now, and I felt like belching. <laughs> what are you going to do? I patted my back in my wallet and then belch real hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I had gas. Oh, oh boy. Sorry, dude. They steal. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Bebo. Bebo just say, they steal. It is what it is. Oh. Show I my love own. you, Terrence. Yeah. Terrence is I'm laughing, by the way. Kidding. Everybody, just so you know that. It's got hot in the room. That's nothing compared to what I said to Terrence yesterday, which I will not repeat. But really? Yeah. Oh. You sure you don't want to repeat oh, it? Oh, yeah. It had something think... to do with my ancestors and oh. his ancestors. Oh, Terrence, what did she say? No, let's leave it at that. Oh, come yeah, on. let's not let's go there. Let's leave it at they steal. All right? And, uh, it is it what it is. From there. <laughs> Depends what it is. All I right. really am kidding. Tasty. <laughs> now you feel bad. I do. Yeah. Here's what I think we can do. And, and 
It seems to me that, I mean, a lot of what we've said here is you're going to have to brew on your systems. I was I was hoping for like a hundred gems. I think we've gotten we've gotten a few gems out there of good information. And uh, the deal is you just got to go through it. But maybe you got to keep can... notes, not just brew. You got to keep some freaking notes because yeah. you could brew a thousand times if you were drunk all those times. It's useless. <laughs> yeah. And I know most people are drunk by the well, time they get to their. Boil. I don't know. I think it's just a handful of dog hair. Yeah, you always put some dog hair. Is in that what it is? That's, That's tasty secret? secret, right? I always do that. Yeah, <laughs> in the mesh, not the boil, but the mesh. Hire someone then. If you want to get drunk, <laughs> hire a guy at Home Depot parking lot. Oh, oh! Even Terrence was offended by that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they're out there. <laughs> yes. And those are all. Are you brewing today, Mister Cleaning Crew? <laughs> they should so, hang on at B three. Oh, don't ever see that. <laughs> What about volumes? And so, a, a big what? problem you have when you get a new <laughs> volumes. You know, when you get a new kettle, and this is something. When you gave us our system, uh, I gave you inches. This, this new one, yeah, we we measure our volumes now in inches, and it's such a complicated, uh, which equation. is weird for me because I'm used to centimeters, but inches is a whole other. <laughs> That's millimeters. all you got. But I mean, you gave us this great equation, and I don't even want to give it because it, it works for the system. And if you get a brew system, you'll understand. Although I'm sure you could create an uh, inches equation for your system. It's great because we can measure the, the distance from the top of the kettle to the top of our, our wort line, for example, and know that, we're, that we've got the right volume and things like that. But uh, somebody had written in a question that uh, a, a lot of problems he had is, is messing up his, his final volume. Okay. To make it appropriate um, to the recipe, and I think this is something that not just when you upgrade equipment, but a lot of people have trouble with. You can't, you know, your your, your hops, your bitterness is all dependent on the volume, right? Um, everything is. So well, let's let's talk about final volume because most people think it's what you collect in your carboy or your fermenter or whatever you're going into, um, and really it's what's left in your boil kettle before you exit your kettle. And so let's say you're doing a five-gallon batch, and yeah. you have a, a ball valve, you have a coupler welded on your kettle, and it leaves behind three-quarters of a gallon, and you want five gallons in your carboy. Ugh. Well, you need to finish your batch with five gallons and three-quarters, not five gallons. Yeah. And just because you collected five gallons didn't mean you didn't leave that three-quarters behind. So okay. that's step one is understanding, and that can be done with water. It doesn't have to be that's done with beer. Should we do that beforehand with, with just water? Sure. If that's an important thing to you, which it should be, but it, you know, the first time you brew in a new system or a new kettle or whatever, don't worry about having fun, too. You know, if you're just upgrading for the first time to a bigger kettle or whatever, it's okay to have fun. Just enjoy And not, it. like, measure everything and take notes and all this kind of jazz. Don't punch shit. It's a, you're allowed to actually well, enjoy yourself. All right. But once you are ready to be worried about that, then you need to understand these things. Okay. And so what the, the final volume that you use in ProMash would be the amount left in your kettle before or after it's done cooling. All right. Or, well, if you're going to counterflow before it's cooling. But um, So if, if you're expecting to get five gallons in your carboy, you probably need 
six or five and three quarters or whatever it's going to be. Okay. So that that hopefully answers that question. You have to calculate for the volume lost in hoses, transfer. chillers, transfer the exactly. whole bit. So that's and but you, that can be done with water so easily. Okay. And so that's something. If he's having trouble with his final volume, which is the question that was in the forum, then he needs to figure out what's being lost ahead of time. Yeah. And I suspect he's also worried about how does he even know what his final volume was. Yeah. I mean, and and the easiest way to do that is to have a known entity and whether that's um like if you have a cruise yes <laughs> have tom cruise at your house yeah when you're done chilling okay no uh so say you have a keg you can at least measure what five and three quarter gallons is yeah mark it on a stick and put it in the dead center or close enough to it because i mean it's concave but it's not going to move that much and at least know did i get my final gravity or did i overboil or underboil okay um, if you have a flat bottom, it's even easier. Then you can easily calculate what your inches per gallon are. And that's what I taught you on your system. Yeah. See, the equations for our system is great. I'm so glad that you did them and I don't have to. Um, but but, but not if, everybody has that. But even if I didn't, if you know you have a 15-gallon kettle uh-huh. and you know it's 15 inches tall, like from the inside to the inside top lip, That's four gallons what? an inch. <laughs> it's one inch per gallon. Oh, one inch per gallon. Sorry. Ours is 1.4. Yes. Yours is taller than ours, it is wide. Ours is 1.4. Yeah, it is. It's a lot longer than it is wide. So, hey, what about um, just like hot liquor water? I mean, for sparging. Wow, well, now can we're Can you really not have... Yeah. Well, I know, but can, can you like have too much or not no, enough? You know, so when you're, you're rinsing the grain, it's oh, basically that's rinse, the extraction you're going to get. When you're rinsing the grain, yes, you can over-extract. Okay. And you can worry about tannins based off of your pH level and your sugar level. Most homebrewers shouldn't worry about that, okay. in my opinion. Yeah, when you're sparging, you're just worried about collecting a certain volume of, of yeah. uh, pre-boiling. And I, I will right. defer to the Brew Strong guys. That's my second plug of the yeah, night. There you go. Um, that John Palmer addresses that and how to brew. Okay. And we talked about it on that other show, too, if you want to start plugging shows, Chris. Okay. Lunch meat? No, but I just wanted to get it. You're wearing that other sh- other show shirt. I know. It's because I'm a male. That's a male. <laughs> yeah. Well, it seems like the problem that I have is sacrificing volume for quality or gravity, basically. At what, what stage are you doing this? Quality, not quantity, Chad. Right, exactly. So, basically, I'm close to gravity, but I'm quite a ways away from volume. Lower pre, or higher? Pre, pre-boil. Is Low. this with the new refractometer that's fixed, or the old refractometer that's reading well, 6 Well, I, I points found off? that the case in my old system as well. Man. Okay. So, when you are... Cause some, uh, okay, here's the deal. Efficiency doesn't stay linear. Mm-hmm. The higher the alcohol you go, the less efficiency you're going to get. The lower the alcohol or poten- original gravity is going to be, the higher the efficiency typically you would get. So, you got to take that in consideration before you're starting out. Um, but yes, if you're running a pre-boil, which is what I think you're saying, yeah. um, I would keep running it. Let's say you wanted a 1050 pre-boil and my refractometer is saying 1050, but I only have eight gallons. Right. I would keep running my sparge until I'm dropping below 1050. Now, not far below it, but you'll be surprised sometimes how much longer you'll be able to keep filling it up and keep holding that 1050. And be sure to stir up your your boil kettle when taking that, because a lot of times you'll get pockets of either high concentration or low concentration. Yeah, the sugars will be at the bottom, too. Yeah. And um, so basically, let's say you do, um, I guess, reach that volume, but you're still, your gravity is low. 
you'll boil before you add the hops. But at that point, say you do a half hour boil, you know, just to get down to the starting gravity you want for sure. pre-boil. Do you just do like a sixty-minute boil at that point versus a ninety-minute? You could do even though you lost th- volume. Either, one of two things: either one, you can supplement with uh, dry malt extract, which a lot of people do, including professional brewers. So it's not necessarily always a, a negative thing. It's a getting to know your system, getting to know all of this, that, and the other. Um, even getting to know when I'm going for a 1068 gravity, what my efficiency is going to be. Because that's usually the big point is someone's like, oh, on my 1056 gravity, I got a 78% efficiency. Then they go for that much higher one, and they count on even in the 70s, but they get in the 60s. <laughs> right. And they get pissed off, and they get annoyed and don't know what to do. You have two choices on that particular batch. Cut it off early and brew with that and keep the gravities the same or just go with what you have or make an on-the-fly decision to go, okay, I'm going to cut my hops back. I didn't get that 1068 starting gravity. You know, I got that 1058, and now Mm -hmm. I'm not going to have that Imperial IPA anymore. I'm going to, you know, cut my hops back to be appropriate. Still make a balanced beer. I'm just shocked that Shat just realized he has problems with gravity. I mean, how long have we been telling him? (laughs) (laughs) That's just mean. That is mean. Tasty, I want to get into this whole brewing consistency thing, but I'm drunk. Yeah, so you, you have this. Uh, <laughs> I'm super I've been hammered. You have this shadow that just looks like you're wearing war paint. I'm totally drunk. Uh, what are you drunk off of? I just I had breakfast and then a bunch of IPAs. I even had oh. alcohol at breakfast. Wow, oh, that's a mile. That's a mile. I'm hammered. I think we're gonna have to save it for another show. Tasty. <laughs> well, yeah, this is well. We have a whole another segment I can, I to do too. I can keep too. it brief. But. So is this uh, is this the meltdown officially starting now? We're gonna no, get we got to take early. a break. Yeah, and then and then we'll get out here early. You have some dinner. That's a good idea. Yeah, that's a great idea. Before I turn into drunk of the week. Yeah. Hey, we do have a listener that just won a best of show. We'll talk about too. Go ahead. You want to do it when we come back? Sure. Did you just tease it? Oh, Chad. Nice. Those nice production producing. classes are working out. Chad's doing well. Yeah. Dude, but you can't get personality classes. Oh. oh. Now that's just mean, too. Now that is just mean. Come, Come on. on. Why? Look. First gravity, then personality? Hey, you said gravity, okay? Save that breath for that blow-up doll later. Okay. Oh. Gravity is something that he can oh. help. Personality, that's just him. Like, yeah. that's just mean. That's true. I mean. Well, that was kind of mean. Sorry, Now Chad. you're saying he can't fix but, it. So. Well. Bitch. Yeah. I love you. God damn <laughs> First, admit the problem. <laughs> yeah, Chad. I'm glad we talked a lot about that 1550, because we're about to fuck shit up for Chris Graham right now. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Got it's the session. Go. Hang in there. You're listening to the Brewcasters, Brewcasters. on the Brewing Network. Tasty, 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 tasty
Sean O'Sullivan, the brewmaster and co-founder of the 21st Amendment Brewery and Restaurant in San Francisco. Attention homebrew shop owners at Fermentap. They know you're tired of buying the same old gear that everyone else has. That's why Fermentap offers the newest and most cutting-edge brewing equipment known to man. Since 1998, Fermentap has been leading the fight against the boring and mundane by offering strange, unique, and just plain smart equipment. Like their stainless domed false bottoms. Never deal with the floating plastic hassle of other false bottoms again. And since they're made from stainless steel, they'll last a lifetime. Fermentap's line of copper Wort chillers are the best on the market, designed to cool your wort faster and more efficiently than other immersion chillers. They actually invented the equipment to make these chillers not only work great, but look great too. How about a fantastic line of ingredients, including vanilla beans, sorghum extract, blue agave extract, hot bitterness extract, unique wine yeasts, green coffee beans, sake kits, all stuff you can't find anywhere else. Fermentap carries all the standard products and equipment you need as well, such as all-grain systems, stainless hardware, kettles, carbonation stones, you name it, they've got it. Fermentap's entire line of products has been helping retail shops meet the demands of their customers for nearly 10 years, and they want to help you too. For more information, see them on the web at Fermentap.com or call Jason at 1-800-942-2750. Fermentap, better beer through innovation.
this August, every member of the Brewing Network Army will brew strong. In 2005, the Brewing Network brought you the first live three-hour-long beer radio show all about home brewing. In 2006, the Brewing Network brought you The Jamil Show and changed the face of home brewing competitions forever. This year, the Brewing Network will change homebrewing again. Homebrewing experts Jamil Zanishev and John Palmer team up to bring you the ultimate live homebrewing radio show, Brew Strong. Stay tuned. Mix me your 100-grain amber recipe, and I'm going to eat it. And then it can ferment in my gut. It totally works. The beer is almost identical to the grain sandwich. Your colon won't know what hit it. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. Yeah. Justin, wake up. Justin, wake up. Hey, we're back. Oh, good. Glad to be back. Where'd Bevo go? Oh, Jesus. She's, she, she didn't you show see up her today. Leave? She you're, wasn't here. You're a scary face to wake up to, JP. <laughs> That's not what you... Especially when you're drunk. <laughs> All right, join JP in the chat room for the next, like, two minutes. <laughs> Great. I'm out of here. Yeah. I always say that, don't I? Tate Chad now will take over. You guys want to do the rest of the show? Yeah. I'm going to go take it. a nap. I'm going to go hang out with the Schumans and Amy. Was that so boring that you had to get drunk? No, you're good. I just, I just have. Because I don't need to do anything on the on the computer. I can just sit there and talk like you. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, let's do There's it. Some more beer in front of you there. Let's keep going all night. Oh, good. A blind, oh, blind pig oh, in a oh, bottle. Well, I like how you Perfect. bring me out for a nice light beer that's like seven percent alcohol. Yeah, Graham's like, hey, you got anything light? Yeah, here you go. Nice uh, imperial stout. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what happened. Just like right in the middle of of that segment, just got hammered. Just hit me, <laughs> hit me fast. It's the ants. It might be the ants. They my, took your water away. They did. Those fuckers. <laughs> my battle with the ants. They're pissing me off too. I did have a couple of random questions in here that I needed to ask for people that came through earlier. Um, oh, one is: Are you selling AHA memberships in the store? Yes, but they still haven't sent them to me. So I'm waiting for the AHA to send me more memberships. That's one. Here is a yeast question for you guys. <laughs> I know. It's off topic. but I, oh, see, AHA, and, yeast. And, and Bebo's not here to answer it. I promised that I would uh, get these Can I just there. answer, it depends, and we're done? Yeah, it might work that way. <laughs> Ask them if yeast kept in a slant in the fridge for a little over two oh, years. Oh, Jesus. That's inappropriate to call people that. <laughs> and then repitched in a six-ounce starter. Six ounces and uh, out of a slant. Would that be okay to make more blank slants from? Well, you should test I, it at first. And exactly. See. You should make a small beer, whether it's five gallons or whatever size you want to do. Actually, drink it to to see if it's mutated. If you, ideally, you would put it under a microscope, see if it has mutations going on, what kind of budding it's got going on. What, did they say freezer? 
No, they said refrigerate. Okay, good. Oh, because okay. I don't think you want to freeze it just in a slant. I thought you do. I thought well, you need to put like a you need to put some solution like a glycol yeah. so the yeast doesn't doesn't freeze, freeze itself. Yeah. Well, when oh. it fr- ideally when you freeze the yeast, you freeze it super fast, so it doesn't uh, just like chicken. You know, you get good flash frozen chicken. It's mm. it's frozen super quick, so the crystalline structure doesn't <laughs> puncture all the cell walls. Mm. Same thing with yeast. All right, and then uh, someone wants us to talk about graduated sticks. <laughs> I don't, I don't is my it. wife in the room <laughs> no she's she's left she's no left. don't look yeah. she's gone uh you had mentioned being able to use it like a stick to measure your volume <laughs> did you stick to your, a, your stick? Stir spoon? A, yeah. a hand motion up and down stick <laughs> yeah well mu- to measure your volume. muscle memory's a bitch you know <laughs> yeah. so okay if, if you have a flat bottomed kettle which is most kettles besides a keg straight side yeah. uh you can measure it by inches per gallon and we just went over kind of how to do that and you can set it up and you can use a ruler you can use a mash paddle that you mark at certain increments i think that answers that good good I'm great glad. how about another beer for you <laughs> i haven't i still have to try this blind pig you haven't uh, tried it yet? no russian river has now put pliny and blind pig in a bottle not and in one bottle. Yeah. They're two separate bottles. So. Uh, that was stupid of them. That's not very efficient, is it? Well, you know, speaking of blind pig, the rumor has it... Chad has a new girlfriend? Chad has a new girlfriend. Yeah. She's not blind. Not blind but <laughs> little she, has, she wears glasses. She has cataracts. It's B. Arthur. Okay. Um, no, but, but uh, in testing, when Vinny got a new system... He was testing the efficiency of it, and so he decided to make this big, giant beer just to see what kind of efficiency he would get, and that's where Blind Pig came from. <laughs> what do you think of that? What do you think of that? Pretty impressive, huh? <laughs> You're really impressed with yeah, me right now. That's, been, that's a geeked out story. Yeah. You've been reading your uh, beer sites, haven't you? No. Yeah, what's your source? Vinny. Oh. <laughs> it's a lie. <laughs> Not from, from Russian River, but Vinny on the street corner. <laughs> No, I've seen that story. I like the blind pig better than the Pliny. I didn't get in, in the bottle so far. Yeah. Yes, I'm right. Vinny was saying... I, I didn't get any. Give me some and shut up. Uh. Vinny was saying when he moved to his new system, which is Dogfish's old system, Yeah. by the way. Yeah. Um, he said it was amazing. The main differences wasn't gravity or anything like that, but hop profile. Ah, yeah. How weird is that, though, that your hops come out that much differently when you're moving from 30, or what's he at, like 17, 18 barrel to 38, yeah. 39 barrel? Oh, man, that that nose just smells like cousin. Like fresh cuz. Chat, put that out. <laughs> it does. No, nope. good beer. Like, seriously, man, that's crazy. All right, Tasty, you said you could do a quick rundown of brewing consistency. Train wreck. Oh, what do uh, you what? think? Oh. Um. Well, yeah. Do you I have can, like I could, points I could, that you could like fire yeah, off. Yeah, I, I could fire off some points. Yeah. All right. Because I've been taking notes here, and a lot of what I've taken here, it's really things that uh, Chris touched upon. But all right, I'm gonna take uh, a note. They're all in the vein of, uh, you know, just uh, trying to keep your brew under control. Okay. You know, well, first of all, you, you know, the general statement would be know your system, right? Like the more you know about your brew system, the more consistent you can be. Obviously, when you go, you make a change, and we were talking about that earlier. And then all of a sudden you don't know your brew system. You have to like relearn it or relearn a portion of it or start dealing with the fact that it's it's different. But we talked about like you know when we uh, introduced a, a, a liquid at a temperature into a vessel, we're gonna if we know what the drop to expect, we'll you know be able to anticipate that drop, right? 
Uh, so that's what, you know, keep track of that. Understand that. Uh, if you if you are changing your brew system, just make one change at a time. Don't don't go crazy and and uh, swap everything out at one time. Unless of course you have to, like Chad and uh, Justin did on their uh, 1550 system. And uh, oh hey, Wishu, hey how you doing, man? Oh, uh, what else here? Uh, okay. Okay. Another thing is, any chance you can, be consistent. Uh, always have a consistent pitch size. You mm-hmm. know, uh, try to have a you know keep your fermentation uh, temperature consistent. Uh, always, you know, if you're going to make recipe changes, try to make those minimal. You know, if you're make, make them for a reason, make them for the for the for some desired result. Uh, your water, you know, try to make your water as consistent as possible. Uh, uh. <laughs> the water, um, if it changes in your area from season to season, you know, allow for that. Don't just ignore it. You know, you can rationalize that away. Water's a big part of your beer, and it's a big part of how hops uh, come through in your beer. Yeah, it's like 90%. Right. So if you, 95, if you yeah. tasty rebrew your second round beer, yeah. you're taking a look at uh, the water that's coming through, if it's the same as well, when I, you brewed it the first time? I use RO water, so I don't... It doesn't matter. I always build it back up to okay. the water I'm looking for, so that, right. that helps me and that, in that way. That is like true consistency right there. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll say this. I'm going to slow things down a little bit here. Sorry, Mike. That's fine. But uh, one of the things I think... As you get into brewing and understand it and and start to understand what makes it inconsistent, we hear a lot of people say, oh, I I ran an experiment. I brewed two batches in a row, and one I did this and one I didn't. That's hardly an experiment. Yeah. If you don't have a laboratory, basically, to control everything else. Especially if it's like four months in between. Four months, like three years. Yeah, or whatever. I mean, I've even seen these in articles and magazines where people say, I did an experiment, and you read all the the ground, and you're like, no, that's not an experiment. (laughs) Yeah, that's just brewing twice. Yeah. (laughs) So so I've done that. As a brewer, understanding, yeah, brewing the same recipe twice. That's all it is. And, And really understanding what can go differently between those two. Mike has really gotten it down to a science, and I think that's why he's ideal to talk about consistency. Yeah. He takes the water element out of the equation. Earlier in the show, I'd have been ideal. I'm not ideal now. You know what I love? You know what I love about? Am me? I the only one not drunk? What's going so. on? Well, it's IPA night. Give me more more alcohol. I didn't know it was IPA night until I discovered it was IPA night. IPA morning, which was last segment. Did you see Mike's face when 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 Chris is like, and Mike is ideal for this, and he just go, he like kind of looks sideways at him, like, what the fuck are you talking about? Casey does that. I he, love has it. A, he has a great what the well, fuck he, are you talking about? But, but look. He, yeah. he, he handles his water well. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And, and here's the deal. I never like, wet my pants. Well, <laughs> we drink a lot of never. beer that people bring well, us at our shop. Yeah. There's that. very few people that can bring beer that tastes the same. Oh, yeah. And so, Mike, I don't, I don't brew with you. I don't 100%, 100% know what you're doing. Maybe I am getting drunk. Um, <laughs> see? Yeah. Uh, okay, get the bong out. The beer, the beer bong. It's just we chug. got a bunch of Coors Light in the fridge. Uh, but Dog what's hair. amazing so we is should have been drinking. there's so few people that can bring beer over and over and over again that right. taste the same. And that's what I mean, too. I would never yeah. have the balls to brew my second yeah. round beer again. And the fact that he no. distills his water well, arose his water all the way down, yeah. and adds back to yeah. make sure it's 100% the same every time. It's creepy. That's a foundation it's of, creepy. you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, consistent. It's obsessive. Kind of like milling your grain, too. Uh, like checking your measurements as far as milling grain. That, that's pretty much true. Or, Absolutely. Sure. Everything, yeah. man. Yeah, I don't. Mean, if you, you know? The whole goal is, you know, you got to be a conspiracy theorist. And yeah. just assume everyone else is trying to screw with you. Yeah. 
you know, my gr- I like that. That's the place you have to start from. Yeah. My my grain crush was. I, well, it's I just, an inside want, I just job. want to see what Chad gets into. <laughs> yeah, uh, you what, messed what? with my yeast, didn't you? Are you saying Chad's paranoid? <laughs> just assume that everyone's effing with you. Tasty, I'm sorry. Go on. You look very focused. <laughs> you have to be very focused. You do. Yes. Somebody asked. Uh, well, we talked earlier about sparge rate, and uh, you know. Come up with a sparge rate that, that seems to make sense, you know, 45 minutes, 60 minutes, whatever it is. And repeat it. And try to make it so it's repeatable, right? Because that's one less thing you, you have to worry about. And uh, you, if, if you're not getting what you want into, into your final beer, then adjust the recipe, you know. But if you adjust the recipe then adjust the sparge rate, you're just uh, beating yourself up trying to change too many things at one time. All right. We talked about uh, this earlier. Calibrate your equipment, right? Calibrate your thermometers, refractometers, pH meters, your... Penis size, whatever you need to calibrate. <laughs> calibrate all of it. Calibrate it all. I mean, let's face it. If you're going to be really consistent, right, every bit of it. Because you can do all that, and then once you, you know, once you got what you can control under control, then you just it's just a matter of dealing with the variables. Like, oh, what's this cold wind blowing, and why 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 can't I come to a boil? And, Is the uh, insight going to kick in? Right. Oh, I'm out of propane. Now <laughs> I got to do. This a, is time for me to go in. Right. <laughs> Shrinkage, all that kind of garbage. Right. All right. So anyway. Just I don't know think what... Enzyme kicks in. <laughs> oh, your... yeah, it does. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Tasty. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, Tasty, I want you to come over yeah. and I want you to cover brewing consistently because you're so good at it. She and I are And twins. then I go, spit it out in eight minutes and then shut up, Tasty. <laughs> and by the way, we're going to stomp That's all over man. you as you do it. Give me some of that love. Perfectly cool. <laughs> okay, anything else in there? Well, uh, just in summary, uh, know your system. Uh, where you can uh, calibrate equipment and, yep. and volume sizes, and and uh, how to you know how to make it as automatic where you can do that, and then the rest is just dealing with the exceptions. And I I can't remember a beer that I've ever made that where there wasn't something went a little bit differently. But yeah. once I know my system, I sort of know how to deal with that. Well, okay. and and if you think commercial, I mean, if people think commercial breweries aren't having little inconsistencies here and there, they're they're high. Yeah, I'm sorry, but you know the only people that are really consistent. Are like uh, you know Bud, the, the Belgian Bud. brewers, like Budweiser. Oh yeah, oh, nice. I like that. But you know because they blend back, and and, and some some larger craft beer brewers blend uh, too to make it pretty consistent. But there's still inconsistency. So yeah. no matter uh, the other point is no matter how hard you try, it may not be exact. But what we're doing on a homebrew level is not meant to be. It's hard to be completely exact from time, from batch to batch. Oh yeah. Um, and you you do what you can, and and you pick your battles, man. You figure out where you're having the problem. Yeah. You really try to dial that part in, and then move on to the next one. Well, just understanding what could be inconsistent. That yeah. that's the first like yeah. step of the game. <laughs> Stop over there. Don't look at him. <laughs> Kind of like JP's what left and right side of his mustache there. Oh, not very consistent. Shut up, Chad. <laughs> not enough wax. <laughs> Working that thing straight face, Graham. If I had a nickel for every time I said that, true. <laughs> Schumann's on the mic now. Suck it, Schumann. Oh, oh. what the hell? Why'd you say that? <laughs> so much for that. Okay, is, is that, 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 the that, that one goes. All right. All right. He says one word. I have a second to get it in. <laughs> Done. Good work. How are the Rockies? You want to take a phone call? Is it a drunk of the week call? <laughs> well, not not uh, um, uh, intentionally, no. But he goes, uh, I want to ask a, a question about adding water to grains, not greens to water. I think he's making, you know, like greens, like, um, you know, Did you get collard greens or something. Did you get a name? 
That's right. I'll take no, it. No, I didn't. I'm sorry. I think his name is Bob or something. That's right. It's probably been like a week or so since you took phone calls. I get it. You forget. <laughs> two weeks. Actually, three weeks. So hey, Joe, you're it. on the air. Hey, caller. Who are we talking I think to? These two are the drunk of the week. This is Zymerholic. 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 What happened? That greens to water. So, well, your theory on the adding green to water. Green? Yeah. Green That's to- what you were saying before. You add green to water, right? Don't put the green in the water. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, put the water below the green. I I do the opposite. Oh, you okay. add your water have, to green. I have a I have a brew magic, and I back flush my water from my hot liquor tank into my mash tun from the bottom. So I'm adding water to green, and I calculate it by the straight glass on the hot liquor tank. And I stir the shit out of it. So, I know you guys are always saying, everybody always says, grain of water, grain of water, grain of water. But you know what? I don't think it matters. Because I get good beer doing it the opposite way. So, I just want to let you guys know, it works both ways. So. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. Kick right. ass. Um, if you guys yeah, don't mind, you, I'd like to answer this are, question. All right, Schumann wants stunned. Schumann <laughs> wants to answer the question. All right, I think you're doing a fine job, and you're a, you're a great soldier for the BN Army. And I would keep <laughs> mixing <laughs> the water with the grains, and make sure yeah, you boil them. Oh, yeah, dude, <laughs> Thank sir. you, Schumann, who has a Coors sir. Light in his hand. He's the only guy capable. Am of I allowed asking. to say "suck it, Schumann" at this point? Yeah, go ahead and say yeah, "suck it, suck Schumann. it, Schumann." Uh, Thank you. Uh, Can I say "fuck it"? <laughs> You could say suck at Schumann if you wanted to. Okay. Graham, what do you think? He has a pot full of grains and then throws his water in no, it? I mean, I guess if it works here, for you, we always say go as for it. As long as it comes out with the same result every time, great. Yeah. And, and yeah. I, I fully agree with you, dude. It, it, it can be the same. Your risk of dough balls are higher adding water to grain than they are grain to water. Well, that's, uh, that's the only deal is the risk, not the actual yeah. result. So as long as whatever you want to do it works for you and it does it consistently, doesn't matter what anyone else says, including me. Yeah, I hear you. Consistency is the key. But I, like I said, I back flush water from my hot liquor tank into my mash tun. No, I understand exactly what you're doing. It's coming up and from I the bottom, stir. floating it all up. You stir it up. Exactly. And I stir the whole time. And as long as that works for you all the time, that's great. All we're trying to do is help new people where... They might end up with more dough balls if they have a finer grist than you do. Well, also, yeah, yeah. Uh, have you tried it the other way? Have you tried putting the water and then adding the grain? I have. JP I, has tried it both tried. ways. Yeah. Have you better for both teams? I think you'll find that the grain, the weight of the grain itself, is going to push itself into the into the water easier. I think than Slutty the way you're doing it is going to try to float the grain. Kind of. Yeah. Well, yeah. I tried to make it. I tried to make a dip tube for the <laughs> kettle and the maxon to see what the. The yeah, height of the water war, but I couldn't do the max one because the water leaked at the bottom, so I haven't given it I another see. shot. And then there was so this I dead hooker. I mean, I guess for, for mash, it doesn't really matter. I mean, as long as you're getting your extraction and you... Exactly. And, and you if you have, that, like, like, 0.8 quarts of water per pound of grain or... Yeah. 1.6 quarts of water per pound of grain. It doesn't matter. I mean, people, as long as you get it all stirred up right. People make a big hubaloo about uh, oh, no about uh, efficiency in the mash, and it's like hubaloo. 
whatever. If, if it's a sixty-eight percent or seventy-five percent or eighty-five percent, doesn't fucking matter. Just adjust for it. Just know the number, get it repeated, and then adjust it. Because what's it going to be? Three, four extra pounds of base malt, and then you have you know. It, so it well, doesn't last matter. year that as didn't matter. Confi- this year, that's efficient. like ten bucks. Ooh. Yeah, three, four extra that's pounds. A lot of ramen. Well, nothing anymore. I haven't paid for it. It's years. becoming something. All right, so thanks, Summerholic. If you can run at eighty percent efficiency, you're doing a whole lot better than me running at seventy percent. Exactly, I fully agree with that. And that's I've, I've been able to keep myself at seventy percent efficiency, but there's guys that are doing batch charging at eighty or higher. I, I don't. Oh, I don't. Guys. I don't trust those guys. Yeah, I don't trust them either. Yeah, yeah that's like a guy with two I, first names. Doc, Doc told me he runs at like one twenty. I'm like, dude. I don't trust you. <laughs> you don't Come trust on. short guys, no. guys with two first names, and anybody who gets over eighty percent or skinny brewers. Those are your rules in life. I don't trust skinny. It's brewers. like a skinny well, chef. I'm not, I'm not skinny. So don't worry about that. <laughs> well, I can tell. How? I don't know. <laughs> All right, Zymerholic. Thanks, my brother. All right. Thanks, my brother, man. Cheers, Cheers, man. Talk to you later. Later. You're welcome for the oatmeal. What did you say? <laughs> All right. Thanks for the oatmeal. That's what I thought he said. <laughs> Quakers. Uh, they want him as drunk of the week, by the way. The He's pretty close, right? Uh, he was so pretty... I add my green to my water. They got to battle <laughs> Justin for that. I'm, I'm putting my, my own vote in right now. I vote oh, myself yeah. drunk of the week. Yeah. Can you say anti-constitutionalistic? Anti-constitutionalistically. Oh, oh then, then you're not you That's not a good uh, measurement for me. My yeah. job is to speak clearly as possible, so I could be totally hammered and still speak clear. Well, We've noticed no that. Fun. You willing to lick that thing's ass? That's me you're pointing to. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the squirrel. That was yeah, I know his beard's bad, but you don't need to call Similar him a fur, Jesus. yeah. <laughs> Similar fur. Chris treats me like Either a Either way, this judges my impression of you. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, can any of you guys try the brew-in-a-bag method? What? Mash in the boil, vessel in a bag. There's a lot of stuff in the forum about it, but I've never heard it mentioned on the session. Wait, wait. What? Mash in the boil, brew in the bag. Mash in the boil, vessel in a bag. Yeah. Steep the grains. So it's just steeping, right? Mini mash. Or, Or even a steeping is what it sounds like. Yeah. Right, don't answer it. I just was reading it out loud. Forget it. Well, like phone caller. <laughs> you, thought the you, week? you thought you found uh, yourself a No, new. he had some props for a Name? Adam. Thank you. You're welcome. I Adam. got that from the caller ID, by the way. You're on the line. What's happening? Hey, guys. How are you, brother? Um, I just wanted to give a thanks to uh, to Mike and Jay-Z. I just brewed, uh, I brewed the brown ale a little bit ago, Mike's. And uh, it's absolutely fantastic. Everybody loves it. I'm from it. Michigan, and I don't get a lot of... Um, Fun. I, I, I don't get <laughs> your guys' beer out here. Yeah. So I'm always wondering, you know, a- am I am I really liking hoppy beers or not? And uh, I just brewed both, and they're, they're fantastic. I just kegged up the uh, Imperial IPA, and I just wanted to thank you guys a ton. Cool, I man. managed to get two beers through the Nationals this year, and uh, well, thanks to you guys. Nice cool. effort. Hope we helped. Alright, thanks a lot, man. Right on, brother. Cheers. The cool thing about that, he, you know, he says we don't get a lot of hoppy beers out here. I'm not sure if I like those. Awesome thing about Tasty's beers, they are super hoppy, yeah. but they kind of defy the, the definition of what you, they're not bitter. So they don't have all those like that that part that really kind of beats up your palate. Your like your brown is such a fantastic recipe because yeah, well, yeah. even a- though it's not the style, right? Right. Yeah. It's, it's right. still it's you. St- it's still a brown ale. It just has this great hop aroma. But there's flavor. something about Mike's house flavor. I mean, Mike has a total house flavor. <laughs> yeah. That he gets aroma that very few other brewers I've ever had can get, both commercial and home. Yeah, that's true. He does. 
It's the it's the handful of dog hair he puts yeah, in every match. I think match. it's that dog hair. In the I think it's the too. fact that you put your you know precious wart into like a plastic bucket that's yes. been used 40, 50 times. Yeah. Carry it downstairs. Yeah. No, my wart goes only into B three twelve uh, gallon conical fermenters. Is that yeah, right? but where does it go first? <laughs> yeah, right. It goes well, into a bucket that gets carried to the basement. <laughs> right. Which is weird. Hey, but it works. It does work, man. Because Mike does the same thing every, yeah, every time. time. Right. Yeah. Right. The repeatability. Do you take the same amount of time to walk your bucket of wort yeah, yeah, down yeah, to the yeah, conical? Yeah, yeah, You've measured much, that. Right. Do you, you never do rush you, it. You should measure your own blood alcohol level. Yeah. I think we got a new one there. Measure your own blood alcohol level every time. <laughs> Make sure you're at the same uh, level every time. Yeah. I think it's true. Change your underwear. Well, I don't know about that. You don't have to do that. Okay. There's a phone call. I didn't. I, I couldn't understand his name. <laughs> But he has a he has like a technical. Question. Where is Hi, Bevo? my name God is Tom. It. <laughs> no, it's like uh, it's you like suck at, at it's phone like, screening. It's like global model. <laughs> oh, it's blobber gleeping. No, no, it's not that. But it's like. Uh, oh, it's and I said I can't understand. He goes, it's come, come, come. I said uh, I don't know. He's like, can you not hear me? He's like, eh, what's your question? I don't know. It's Doc. A uh, caller. Who are we talking to? No, oh, wait. Let's try again. Caller, you there? <laughs> yeah, I'm right here. Who are we talking to? This is Cal Pyro. How are you doing? Yeah, Cal I couldn't Pyro. understand. I got it right off the yeah. first one. Cal Pyro? I couldn't yeah. hear that either. Cali Pro is oh. what I thought it was in the form, but it's Cal Pyro, I guess. All right, well, you sorry, said. Cal. All right, Cal, what's when the word, man? you want a car truck, go see Cal. You <laughs> How you guys doing? We're doing, uh, you know, pretty Apparently good. Pretty good. good. <laughs> it's an IPA night. <laughs> yeah. What's the word? Thunderbird. All right, hey, uh, with uh, Tasty there, maybe he can answer a question. He's into hoppy beers. I'm trying to make them, and I have a hard time hitting consistency because of the amount of hops you add in for, like, late hopping and stuff. Yeah. It absorbs a lot of word, and it screws up my gravities. You know, I, I calculate in, and I want to hit 1076, and I throw a bunch of hops in there, and I end up with not enough volume to go into the fermenter. Uh, then next time I throw in a little bit more water, a little bit more grain, I never seem to really hit my, my final gravity is good in trying to calculate out how much final volume I'm going to have with the amount of hops, amount of work the hops absorb. Okay. Tasty, what do you think? That makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, well, you know, I uh, maybe I'm not too conscious of cost, but what I usually do is uh, I always uh, make uh, a 12-gallon batch. I'm a 10-gallon brewer, but I always make 10 gallons of wort. That way when I knock out, I'm... No matter how many hops I use, whether it's a Munich Hellas or a, a double IPA with a lot of hops, um, doesn't matter. I seem to get enough beer to go into my fermenter. We'll, we'll now, I know everybody can't do that. You could, now you could at the same time, if you look at your hop bill and says, "Well, I'm using almost, you know, 12 ounces of hops," figure out how much that's going to hold back in, in your uh, in your boil. So you know, increase the, uh, the your your pre boil your pre boil volume a little bit. <laughs> To sum it up, you're, you're shooting for like in ten gallon batch. You're shooting for twelve gallons. Yeah, because I want. Yeah, yeah, right. Because I don't want to take that last little bit out of the bottom of my bowl kettle. I want to make sure I get, you know, eleven and a half gallons into my fermenter. And Mike, you you brew with the keg, right? Your boil. Well, no, well, <laughs> no. Uh, uh, about two weeks ago, B three gave me or not gave me oh, gave me a great deal. <laughs> <laughs> Was that our sale, or is that... Yeah. Never the Mike McDowell no, five-finger sale. No, Let's no. say traditionally, uh, <laughs> but traditionally you've always brewed in a keg up, yeah. up to a couple yes. weeks ago. You're not drinking the beer. Well, today. no, I've been brewing in a, in a straight-sided, uh, the Thin Wall, 25-gallon uh, uh, okay. well, kettle. 25-gallon? 
26. Yeah, 26. It's twice as big as you. 10 gallon bitch. I, I pre, my pre boy volume. Haven't you seen Mike? He's twice as good as you. Oh, you kettle have a 25 gallon kettle? Yeah. It's actually technically 28 gallon. What do you have that for? So I can do a full make volume it, boil and not worry about the hyper. Wow. That's massive. That's what Jamil said. That's the That's system we built him before well, you were drunk. Yeah. And he didn't like it. Oh. And it allows me to make, like I did this morning, I made a 20 gallon batch. Yeah. Because I have a kettle big enough to boil uh, 20 gallons. Well, I think that begs a question. Uh, well, first of all, uh, uh, Cali Pro Proper, are you using whole hops or are you talking pellets? I'm using whatever I can get hold of. So some of each, okay. So I think whole but hops... what's normal yeah, whole, for you? Whole hops are going to absorb more wort than pellets will, right? So, it, I mean, if you're using... Because I use all pellets, and it doesn't make that big of a difference to me. But if you're using whole hops every now and then, would would that... Kind of it actually adjust. shouldn't matter too much. No, no but the other thing that's going on, Calipari, is maybe your boiling rate. You could be uh, boiling at a rate where uh, you're just boiling off all your wort. It's not the it's not that the the, uh, the wort's still stuck in the hops. You just boiled all the water away out of your beer. Do you know what? Yeah, how I much? Yes, I was losing a lot because I would end up having about three or four inches of hops in the bottom of the keg. Do do you use uh, bags? Leave them loose. What are you using? I use them all. They all go out there regimental. You know, they're freestyle. Yeah, use bags. So no. Well, out of curiosity, on your boil or on the ball valve, what's on there? Just nothing, or you tilting it? I have a false bottom. I have a false bottom. I built and uh, basically keeps most of the hops out of the bottom. Okay. Okay. So you're letting it just gravity through there. Yeah, that's correct. Oh, that's great, actually. That's one of the most ideal ways to get the biggest extraction. Yeah. It's going to take a lot of the liquid out of those hops once they sit on that screen. And one other uh, question on hopping. Oh, I, Jesus. I 40, 40, 40 something uh, hop plants going, and I want to make my first fresh Are hop they all beer. hop plants? <laughs> Anything else mixed in there? Can you make cookies with them? <laughs> no, no all, they're all hops. Real all hops. Right. Okay, all right. okay, okay, okay. Down, down, down check. Down. Down. 40 plants. Congratulations. <laughs> Wow. So I, and some of them are, are really producing. I got. He lives uh, in an apartment. My uh, Zeus, like <laughs> the Zeus, with big hops. <laughs> cool. Yeah, they're rocking. <laughs> nice. Um, you know, I'm, I'm interested in hop, a fresh hop beer. Um, oh. I mean, what's the rate? You know, I hear like one to six or six to one ratio. That's yeah. about right. Yeah, six to one's what? Yeah, six to one. Right? Yeah, we're all thinking six to one here. Yeah. Throw them all in. Don't okay. be a pussy. Yep, I agree. <laughs> here, here. And on that one, go for a five gallon or six gallon batch. And just leave yourself plenty of room. It, I assume you uh, have uh, kegs that are cut open? Yeah. 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 Leave yourself twice as much room as you need because you're going to use whole hops. They're, you know, they're going to take up a lot of volume themselves. Right. Yeah. So, so brew a 10-gallon batch, but use <laughs> all those damn hops and come up with five gallons of just hop extract. Well, okay. All right. Thanks, Cal Pyro. One, one last thing. Oh, yeah, for yeah. fuck's sake. What is this, a call-in show? <laughs> Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Go ahead, Cal. For, for storing fresh hops, I was Frozen. thinking about taking them, throwing them in a vacuum sealer, Done. And vacuum sealing them fresh and freezing them. Did a good job. Have you guys ever tried that? That would be the best way, but how long do you want to store them for? Uh, until the next time I brew, I guess. Uh, you don't want to do that. You want to plan your brewing around them. They're They're super volatile. Well, especially fresh ones. You know, I mean, if I freeze them? So if you're gonna, yeah, if because you're gonna, all their, uh, your freezer is going to be set on a cycle that's not going to be frozen all the time. Most freezers have a defrost cycle that's going to uh, warm up enough to keep you from forming uh, you know, huge chunks of ice everywhere. Hmm. And right. so um, 
ideally, it's amazing. Like the Olsen Woodall combo Please. has told us about these crazy elements that come off, and they're all flammable. That's why warehouses burst on fire, even though they're 32 degrees or whatever they are. Oh. Um, so ideally, on fresh hops, use them as fast as you can. So when you think they're right. about good, plan your batch. All right. Thank you very much. Hey, Cal Pyro, you want, like, the answer to the universe or something while you're on the line? <laughs> it's 42. From you right now, I, the answer for anything is great. <laughs> good point. All right, brother. Thanks, man. Yeah. Later. <laughs> that was a good call. Was. I actually had good questions. Yeah, he did. Oh, I got another phone call. I'm going to answer it now. Hey, thanks, JP. Maybe get a name and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Spell your uh, name, please. It's Don't like push it. Domino's. This is JP. <laughs> what kind of pizza can we deliver? Yeah. Oh, pizza sounds good right now. <laughs> I'm going to get some food. You got a sexy voice there for a minute. Mm, pizza. I was, yeah. looking at, I was looking at Schumann talking about cheese. I need me some pizza. Mm, pepperoni. Where the cheese yeah, go? Put some extra, cheese all over his extra face. Extra fermented cheese? Mm, fermented cheese. Mm. You got a phone call. <laughs> I know I have a phone call. I saw your answer it. Okay. What do we got? You got Bub. No oh boy. Yeah. Put the timer right. on, good please. Schumann's got the timer? Many the timer. Might be beer related. Let's listen. Hey, Boob. What's up? <laughs> what's up, Bub? Dude, Bo- Justin. Yeah. You're being... Seriously, a total vagina. I, I agree. <laughs> What's new? Bitch wrinkle. I totally agree. New? Anything else? Uh, 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 <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> okay, you're done, bub. I'm totally with you on this, bub. <laughs> with you. Okay, I just wanted to say. 100%. Uh, you want to hear me fart? No. Yeah. No! <laughs> I kind of do. You got one in you? No, I, he's squeezing right now, giving it all he's got. Don't don't lose any mud there, bub. Don't bluff us. It's IPA night. Don't bluff with your farts. Oh yeah. Well, I, I did scare the wife away earlier, so that was good. That's not hard. What did you, what you, know, did you look at her right before you sneeze? You don't get the smell of the fart, but everybody else around you does. So it's awesome. You don't even have to know your own brand. Oh. I, blew, I blew my nose. I'm like, hey, I don't smell it. Thank God we have a fan. Amen. You know what motivated slacker just brought back a uh, speaking of farts a blast from the past. Yeah. You're being a Shangina. Oh, Shangina. Yeah. How come I'm being a Shangina? Was I, I trying know. to get out of here or something? I don't know. Yeah. I'm always trying to get out of here. It's 8 o'clock. I don't ask questions on uh, the beer show. Stop asking <laughs> valid questions. <laughs> I'd let you him ask, ask his one questions, more good though. question? Yeah, I'd let him ask, though. It's not as if I hung up on him. Uh, you wanted yeah, to. but you were being a total plot. No. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Totally agree. Fuck that guy. You were being beef curtains. Fuck you, oh. too. Chris's wife can hear all this, bub. Oh, Chris's wife. There are ladies in the room, bub. Yeah, there are Schumann's and Chris's wife. Yeah, I don't want to hear about beef curtains or roast beef or anything else of the curtain type. Yeah. And roast beef sandwiches. Yeah. Dick mitten. Oh, wait, what was that last one? Dick yeah, I don't want to hear about mitten. that either. <laughs> None of them, them dick mittens. I don't want to hear about dick mittens. That's more of a holiday topic. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, you bring it out around Thanksgiving. <laughs> or a punching dick bag. Mittens. No, wait. All right. I propose BN Army dick mittens. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> Is that like the hat that people have to wear all around the world? <laughs> yes, it's very similar. Not Except it. that instead of dangling around your ears, it dangles right in front of yeah. your face. Uh, not it. <laughs> uh, 
All right, Boob. Well, this is the worst show. I couldn't agree it more. Is, yeah, show sucks. <sighs> yeah. All right. Thanks, Chris. I apologize for Thank everything. You. Later. Hey, Bub, suck it. All right. Well, Graham, I think oh. you did a great job. We got I think f- it sucked. I think it was a good show, and you did a great job. I think you're drunk. I think I'll edit out me at the end, and it will be one of our <laughs> best episodes ever. I think the first, you know, what, three segments? Unbelievable. Great. Three yeah. seconds? Oh. or uh... Segments, even. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the first three seconds. I will post that as Unbelievable Radio, the uh, additional 400 and however many seconds. Not so good. Mm. Schumann, are we done? I think we're done. We're not done. We're not done? We're not uh, done. He's still got we had a first. Over there. We had a first best of show thanks to the BN. Would you like to hear about it? No. Sure. I would love okay, to. Okay, moving on. Give it to See it. you next week. No, I saw that. I, oh. A little first best of show. I, I, what are you listening to them for? Oh, well. well, he just received word from Ohio Brew Week competition that his Belgian Dark Strong that won sounds best like of the Wall show. Street Journal. And this is a snafui in the forum. Great. Um, he says, thanks, BN. I couldn't have done it without you. The uh, Belgian Dark Strong was Jamil's recipe. Good. <laughs> I'm listening. Had a little bit of uh, crazy bitch in his recipe. <laughs> Chad is distracted. I love you! <laughs> uh, okay, see you next week. Congratulations <laughs> to a brother, best of show. Wonderful. Yeah, way to go. Good job. It's not easy to do. All right. I got a drunk of the week phone call. Hi, my name's Justin. <laughs> I'm calling you for drunk of the week. Brew Tattoo, you're calling it for drunk of the week, man? You never get drunk. No, of course not. No. I forgot to I'm ask. I'm leaving <laughs> on a jet plane. I'm going to the OBF. Oh. <laughs> cool. All right. But JP's not going to be there, I hear. No, he can't go. Yeah. Well, I was going to buy a 1550 from him, but... Oh, CJP. Nice call, Tattoo. You, yeah. f- you fucked it He's up. He's not going to be there. I, I don't know. Now, now, now you're going to have to think about it. I'll, yeah. go up, I'll go up for the day. Then we'll have you to stay. Go. Which go day? Friday. I don't know. Go Saturday. Yeah, Mrs. You, Brew Tattoo you... was asking if the bald-headed <laughs> guy with a big beard was going to be there. I said, yeah, he'll probably be there. She's like, well, I'll stay away from the festival then. <laughs> Good idea. Yeah. yeah. All the wives love me. No, JP's not going. In fact, it's just me and Chat from the crew, right? Oh. Is That's it just all? us two? I think so. We're the only crew members there. Ro- yeah. Romantic room set up. I've got some... Uh, <laughs> that's we, why JP backed out. Yeah. We got the uh, honeymoon the suite, up. if that's what you mean. <laughs> Take the big the spoon. Heart-shaped of a vibrating bed, yes. <laughs> Tell you what, Chris. Nice. When you're in a room with Justin and Chad, you always want to back out of the room. You don't want to turn your back to them. <laughs> when you're tired of being in the middle man, JP? Yes. Mm-hmm. Be jealous, JP. Having that warm rock massage on uh, wow. Thursday at 1 o'clock. Warm rock. Yeah. Together. <laughs> that's that's not, That wasn't a warm rock, Chad. Yeah. There are two rocks. I hate hate to break it to you, but it was more of a hard stick. (laughs) (laughs) If if it doesn't break security, where are y'all staying? I don't even know. Portland. <laughs> a hotel know. room. No, it got. Uh, it was courthouse square. It's part of our. It's part of our deal to broadcast from there. We're somewhere right downtown. I think travel YMCA or something. <laughs> yeah, we could be at the youth hostel. Yeah, I don't it's know. Pretty fun to stay there. It's fun to stay there. St. <laughs> Joseph's on the corner. <laughs> yeah, we're at St. Vincent. Hot the meal pole. and a cut. Uh, 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 
I really don't know. I have to check. It uh, they booked it for us. The OBF did so. Whatever they put us. I like how you blame everyone. Else. I guarantee you, it's somewhere near like the you know garbage facility or something. <laughs> It could be okay. in our booth right there at the waterfront. Yeah. Maybe it's, we have to sleep under it's our at tent. The urinals. <laughs> yeah. I thought we just shack yeah, up with Sully. Give you sleeping bags, you know. Yeah, then we do now. But Brew Tattoo was helping out in the forum with people who want to meet up afterward. I said at the beginning, and, and Brew Tattoo was right in the forum. Uh, sign up for our Twitter account. That's how you're going to know where Is that we're going. Match.com? Twitter.com slash Brewing Network. Because we're just going to post in there about where we're headed. Because I really can't make plans. I don't know. We're just going to yeah. go where the flow takes us. Tattoo, what do you want to yeah. check out? Uh, we're close. staying next to uh, Concordia Ale House the first night. Oh, well, that's there, a good spot. Second night. Good hey, spot. are we going to go? I want to go to uh, the one with all the tattooed strippers. What's that place called? Portland. Portland, yeah. <laughs> like, so we're going, well, Dancing Bear is on the uh, Not that one. Line. What's the other one? Maggie's or something? Oh, yeah. That's it. Mary's is downtown. Mary's. I Mary's. Oh, I've been there, dude. So have I. Oh, I think we went together. I want to go to Mary's. It's awesome. Mary's is you got to take uh, Doc and Oh, I went with Sully and Rico. be there. I, no, Sully and Rico, Rico last year. And, you, and me and you. Yeah. Yeah, like where the, the, the chicks, they will take dollars off the stage, then strut over to the jukebox to put their, you know, they have to put their own dollars in. For some put, more uh, it's Guns awesome. and Roses. Yeah. yeah. Do they take it off the stage with their... Uh, Rose, with, with, a, rose, with their meat curtains? With their rose. With their <laughs> mittens. Well, you, you, you don't I didn't see any ping pong balls last year. Maybe we'll see yeah. ping pong balls. I want to go to Mary's. I'm all about, the, if you're going to see strippers, I'm about like tattoos and like I dirty love, chicks. Oh, I love girls. Oh, like yeah. That. Uh, well, there's, uh, there's three or four of them downtown. All right. So yeah. we can hit those later on. Three or four. Good. The uh, Dancing Bear is pretty good. It's Max Line, like I said. All right. Not real easy to get to. I got a bunch of $2 bills that Shat's dad sent me. Can they do oh. change? He sent me like been... 25 $2 bills or something like that <laughs> so I can go to a strip club. Yes. <laughs> I'm I taking. have uh, 100 or 175 $1 bills. Oh, that'll be... you, <laughs> hey, He's you, saving up. You bring them, my friend. We're using them. You betcha. I got it. All right. You betcha. It. You're leaving the wife at home? No, she's coming with me. Is she, she, into, is she into the strip club? She's clubs? got $300 or $1 bills. Yeah. She well, is? she's cool. going to go... Uh, Tuesday night with me, and right. then her sister and my brother-in-law, who's never been to a titty bar, is coming in on uh, Wednesday. <laughs> what? How, how old is your male? How old is your brother? Yeah, back overseas. Forty-nine. Oh, no, he's oh, been to one. On. He's just lying. No, no, no he he's lying. Now we discussed this before. He hasn't been. What's he uh, born again or something? <laughs> That's not a mile. He's <laughs> not born again. He's never been born, as far as I'm concerned. Shelter, you got to be in an Amish community to not have gone to a strip. Oh, club. and they have been. They go through that whole rite of passage. Thing. That's just un-American. Oh, true. Yeah. It is un-American. Is he American? He's American. Does he like is cheeseburgers? He Canadian. He ain't a mile. He's pussy whipped, but he's American. Oh, oh, we got to take. I want to be there for that. Oh yeah. Is it what yeah, night we'll is go. that? What night's that? I don't know. All right. I want to we'll be. be I want to. Uh, I want to get this guy messed up. Put it on your Twitter. I'll Twitter. Yeah. I'll have the girl dance on my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you got to pick out like you know a very special stripper for him and talk to her before like look. This is his first lap dance, his first stripper bar. They don't do lap dances there. Uh, oh well, then don't go to wherever you're gonna go. Go to a lap dance Wait. place. Yeah, what do they do? They Give you a conversation or what? Go down to Eugene <laughs> and go to the Great Alaska Bush Company. They do that. Okay. And, if you, and if you pay enough, you get a little of this. <laughs> if you have, say, $170 in ones, you get this. Oh. I love you! <laughs> I thought you got silence. That's kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you have uh, what's in my wallet, you get this. 
Thank you, dear. Moving I on. like I like your tattoos. All right, Brew Tattoo. So we'll be seeing you in a few days, my friend. Yes, you will. And anybody else that's going to be there, uh, sign up on my Twitter, too, because sometimes you guys are a little bit behind. Good point. He makes an excellent it's point. It's never happened before. What, what's your Twitter? You want to give it out? Brew Tattoo. All right, twitter.com slash brew. All right, there you go. Do that, because, so yeah, we do like you'll sometimes. get there. All right, man. So we'll see you in a few. Can't wait. Later. Well, right. you're going to have to, you impatient jerk. Okay. Are we done now? It'll be a fun time up there. We're good, right? Maybe Schumann can play us a song. Oh, on the skin flute. No. Maybe, maybe he can play that Coors Light can. Too dead. With his ass or something. <laughs> Remember, happiness is when you put your hand down a girl's <laughs> pants and it feels like a horse is eating out of your hand. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what is that? What? It's a message from the chat room. Yeah, a message from the chat room. JP, remember that happiness is when you put your hand down a girl's pants and it feels like a horse is eating out of your hand. Just that numbing kind of... Uh, <laughs> what's weird is that's not the first thing I would think of. It'd be like the second or third thing. You know? Yeah. That was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> Tasty like that, too. Yeah, dude. It's like a real active vagina. <laughs> like, whoa. She's working it. <laughs> you you gotta like, get some penicillin, man. It's like some state park or something. <laughs> it has a mind of its own. You we might have a phone call. <laughs> You want to uh, take the phone call? No, nah, I've already started the outro. Yeah, come on, it's Timothy. Uh, it's Timothy. Come on, Tim. Timmy. Hi, hi, Timothy. What's happening? Yeah, blah, 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 blah. Gigi, I want to sing. You want to sing? I want to sing. sing All right, what do you got? What do you want to sing? sing. <laughs> hey, good. I like singing. What do you got? Ethel Merman. It's raining. Uh, you want the uh, beer, beer, beer song? And what else you got? You got any Neil Diamond? Neil Diamond? You got any uh, Gloria Gaynor in you? Dude, dude, I I, I sang the All By Myself song. I sang it all by myself. (laughs) Give us some Rick James. Sang it real good, boss. How about some some Billy Ocean? I'll I'll take the beer, beer, beer song. That's fine. All right. Here it goes. Beer, beer, beer. I'm going for a beer. Beer, beer, beer. I'm going to drink some beer. I like drinking beer. It's more like a rap song. Lovely, lovely beer. He sounds like a queer. Oh! Oh! Shat put you down. Shat, that's bad. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. All right, we haven't voted on Drunk of the Week. It's either this guy, it's me, or it's Zymerholic. <laughs> I vote Zymer. I'm going to work on it. You're working on it yourself? Graham's going for more IPA. I kind of need a refill, too, while you're hoping. Me. <laughs> Cut him off. Estrogen me, Graham, and JP. Estrogen you, Graham? Yeah. Well, what? Now it's between this guy. What's your name? I'm Zimer. Oh, it's the same guy. <laughs> no. Dude, come on. See, I think that gives me another vote for Drunk of the yeah, Week. Yeah, yeah, you're on. I didn't even know it was the same guy. Neither did I. So now it's uh, it's Zimer, it's me, and Chris Graham's working on it, he says. Hey, he's working. He can't pour a beer. Look at him. Look at that. Wait, it's all wait, foam. Wait, wait, what do you mean he's working on it? Zimer makes a good. What do you mean? This is a fucking yeah. union, right? Zimer makes a good, if not under enunciated point. That, what, yeah. the, what the fuck do you mean working on it? If I could enunciate, well, I'd pour a better beer. Yeah. I, I guess he could be working on it because right here it's a 
almost midnight. So there it's what? Almost midnight. Where are you right <laughs> now? It feels like midnight. Where the are you that it's almost midnight? Uh, Mars. <laughs> what? Hey, did you guys hear the uh, the two the NHC two? Uh, thanks, brother. We'll catch you later. Uh, did you hear the uh, wow. NH, NHC two thousand nine theme song? Yes. Yes. No, but, but like, let's hear, play it again. You got it. It was sung by our very own Terrence the Black. I heard it in Cincinnati, but I'd love to hear it. I again. thought it was the real thing. Check it out. This is Terrence singing "Sipping on the Dock of the Bay." I had to stand in front of a thousand drunk people. I'll be sipping when the evening comes The conference about to begin I think that this year I can really win Oh, this is the alternate version. I'm sipping on the dock of a day Yeah, this isn't the real one. It's the B-side. I'm just sipping on the dock of a day Feeling fine That's the B-side from uh, Terrence the Black, otherwise known as T-Bone, otherwise known as Terrence. That was excellent. What's up, everybody? What's happening, man? Nothing much, man. I'm glad you did that for us, actually. Hey, no problem at all. That was the uh, two-competition-ish song that Jamil and I (laughs) voted on. That was was too much. It had to be more conference-like, so that was the first one we recorded, T-Bone. We had to go back and do uh, actual, just a conference one. I, I love all this extra work for a free event. Yeah, right. Yes, thank you. That's how it works. Hey, no but problem, we did, we did a good job. I mean, uh, oh, it, it was awesome. So, t- so I uh, basically, you know, a couple of us sat down writing this thing, and then we're trying to figure out how we're going to get it recorded. And so I I throw down a, a track, and oh my god, it's never. Can we hear that? It's never have been it? so awful. I might have it. That would be great <laughs> to hear that. I might have it without the music behind it, even, which would be even better. Let me oh see. Uh, that would be funny. I can't even think about that. Yeah. So Jamil plans this whole huge thing, yeah, for the conference, and right, then then doesn't show up. Oh, 
wait, that's well, not that's it. definitely. But what were you singing that night? Oh no, that's just no. I guess I don't have it. I probably uh, deleted them. Which, because I'm smart. Bummer. <laughs> <laughs> Someday I might be drunk and play it. <laughs> but Terrence, you're like a regular uh, Otis Redding. Thank yeah. you. Over yeah. there. Son of great. Everyone oh, thought, uh, wow, you guys got Otis. Yeah. <laughs> it was legit. Like, yeah. standing up there, I was proud to have that song playing. But it was yeah. good, right? I yeah. Know. You guys want to make me cry. I'm sorry, man. Don't, don't cry. I'll make you big. You know what the weird thing was, actually? Um, we just went to get something to eat, and I thought I was a little drunk. Yeah. Did the breathalyzer. Like, 0.08. Felt good. That's like the worst thing in the world. It's, it's the so limit, empowering, though. though. No, it really is because I thought I was really drunk. Now yeah. I realize how much I can actually drink. So now you're like ready. And still drive. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. So you're probably sober right now. Let's, Graham. You and I should do the breathalyzer. Maybe this will be our final uh, drunk of the week test. Awesome. Come on down. I think I put it just. Uh, <laughs> I don't the, even know what that the, means. On the counter by the <laughs> mail, right in the kitchen. There, it, Sam knows where it is. Yeah. Let's do that, and Sa- then we'll get out of here. Sam always knows where the good mail is. I have to blow on the mail. <laughs> blow on the mail. <laughs> <laughs> then what? We got another call here. Is this what's happening? Yes. I think we got Rhino. He's the guy we uh, drunk jangled at uh, this year's anniversary party. Oh, you left before pictures. that, Terrence. Yeah, I did. I saw pictures, though. Sam tried to pictures. light him on fire, which really wasn't cool. What? Uh, <laughs> what? Why? 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 Is that not cool? Oh, what why? do I got to do with this thing? Uh, is If it's just blow. <laughs> oh, wait. You should have a, like, there's a mouthpiece for it. Is he talking to Schumann? But if they didn't give it to you, you just got to grab right a hold of it and go for it. <laughs> yeah. Got to blow a long time, so take a deep breath. Hey, Rhino, what's happening, man? Oh, it's too late. Hey. Did it beep? I ran out of breath. I think we need the actual... We need it the, turned off. You have to reset it. Oh. We need the tip for it. Where's the tips? Just the tip. Did you not use a tip when you blew into it, I Terrence? I didn't use a tip. I never blow on the tip, no. no. All right, Rhino, what's the word, man? <laughs> Just calling in. I had to work 12 hours my fucking birthday yesterday, and now I'm hammered and I'm just calling in for fun. All right. Happy, happy Did birthday. you say it was your Sound birthday too yesterday? sober. Yeah, happy birthday, and now you're sober. <laughs> hey, turn that radio down in the background, will you? Don't listen to yourself. It's a bad idea. Never. It's never good for you to listen to yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never a good idea. Uh, yeah. So you were our drunk Jenga victim at the anniversary party. Yeah. We had, like, tampons and stuff on you. Yeah, we did. Is that the dude that passed out in the bathroom? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Oh, man. You know what's funny? Uh, if you read the forum, it, it's kind of cool. So, like, Sam tried to light him on fire, right? He thought he thought that. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Because Sam is an asshole. I've said it a dozen times. I'll say it again. And so we all, of course, we stopped Sam. We're like, hey, listen. All right, that's a little... We like to pile things on top of him, but you can't light the guy on fire. Well, uh, people in the forum, they kind of got all up in arms, like, oh, it's against Brewer's Code. They started to get angry. Rhino, you know, the guy who was about to be lit on fire, this guy, he jumps on and goes, I didn't know about that. That's funny. (laughs) Yeah, well, keep in mind, Sam's not a brewer. Yeah, right. So he's not bound by the Brewer's Code. There's no Brewer's Code for Sam. But we stepped in, which is part of the Brewer's Code, so there you go. But, like, literally, one of the tampons that he was trying to light on fire was charred before we finally, you know, we were like, Sam, what are you doing? You can't light the guy on fire. You don't even remember, do you, Sam? You were hammered. He doesn't remember. <laughs> You're a good sport, Rhino. You uh, you stuck it out, man. It was a good time. All right, man. Are you going to uh, Portland? Can't make it, but I'll probably be at uh, the October thing. GABF? 
Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, the October thing. October thing. thing. Yes. That thing. The I fast. Mean, the... Well, there's like October fast, and then there's GB. Well, that's in September. That's it. That's it. Oh, that throws true. a lot of drunks off. Yeah. And Halloween. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, happy uh, birthday a day late, man. Thank you. Cool. We'll see you at JBF. Awesome. Right. See, I'm sobering up as the show goes on. This is the problem with uh, the extended. But your, your alcohol meter sucks. Oh, you can't. Oh, because you have to. It keeps going down and then resetting and mm-hmm. going down, resetting. Someone's oh. spitting it. No, it's ready. Go. Right it's ready. Blow. You're blowing too hard. Keep blowing. Keep blowing. Keep blowing. What are you, a smoker? Yeah, you're blowing too hard. There it is. I'm legal. Point one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, Graham's a point one seven. In Russia. <laughs> Point one seven. So, Amy, you're in the passenger seat today. Don't let pilots fly in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're legal if you work for United. So now, are you going to spray some of that star sand on there, or what? I'm drunk. I don't even care. Oh, great. Well, then here. I got, I, enough, I, got a, I got a new tip for you. I have enough alcohol in my mouth to uh, kill the germs. It'll be fine. All right. So we're going to do this. Is, so is it now between me and you? Have we? Does this mean we've eliminated Zymerholic from Drunk of the Week? No. I think he still sounds drunker than both of us. Yeah, he totally does. I think he should win it. It doesn't mean he is drunker than both of us, though. 1-7 uh, is pretty drunk. I think it's because <laughs> I just drank a beer. Well, yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, the instructions and that thing say so you got to yeah, wait Yeah, beer minutes. will do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Shat? <laughs> All right. It's coming up here. i got to wait 10 more seconds. Yeah. Oh, it'll reset. Uh. And then it starts back at 60. It is kind of a crappy... Uh, we have the Alcohawk, which is like, supposed to be accurate. It just takes a long time to use. It's like the higher-end home ones, I hear. It, just, it hear. takes a while to reset. Yeah. Amongst the peoples. Your peeps. Our peeps. When I'm home, I don't care what my alcohol content is. <laughs> True that. Exactly. Mike's like, the higher, the better. It's really hot in here, and I'm hungry. Can we eat food now? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, I roll everywhere, actually. We don't really have any food, though. No. Oh. Yeah, this is fun. All right, it's All coming right, up here. Uh, Hang on, I'm just wait. I just want to do my... this. And let's hey, 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 can, I go over the, uh, can I go over my uh, spiel again? Uh, yeah, do it. Me? Come on. <laughs> yeah. I'll fill in the gap here. Do that. Yeah, you will. Gonna be coming up soon. Just keeps going back to ten seconds. Can I just give a suck it, Schumann? Or you can. No, oh, hit that. Right. Oh, you got me beat. One one point one one. Not even trying. No. How come I feel so hammered? Told you I was sobering up as it went down. That's the bad news. About doing these long shows. All right, so we're out of here. We are not on uh, next week. You need to keep that in mind. Although we will be trying to do our shows live from the OBF. We'll see if we can get connected. And if we do, we'll post it on our Facebook page and also our BrewingNetwork.com page. And we'll even Twitter it to you so that you know when to tune in. Um, We'll see about that. Worst case scenario, I'll post at least one of the shows for our Sunday session podcast. It'll show up on Sunday. It just won't be live, but it'll be in the uh, archive page. And if you are a subscriber to our podcast. We should do a lunch meet right now after this. We should not. Oh, damn it. We should totally not do that. All right. <laughs> it was going to be the episode where you guys became friends. Not <laughs> <laughs> where well, we actually like each other. Intimate friends. I do like that you're wearing your uh, other show shirt today. you got to wear it with pride, baby. It's a nice shirt. You know what I mean? I do have an episode of that other show coming up for you right now oh! after this program. So if you stay tuned, you feel like hanging out and drinking some beer like Terrence the Black is going to do with us, or then you can uh, keep on listening and, and which, it'll be that other show. Which one is it? 
lunch meat from February 17th of 2006. Oh, wow. It's oldie. We were just getting getting rolling. And speaking of other show, don't forget Brew Strong with uh, Jamil Janicef and John Palmer. That's right. First show coming up the beginning of August. Stay tuned to thebrewingnetwork.com. You'll find out exactly when. You guys are going to love the show, I promise you. More importantly, I think this lunch meat's like our second or third one ever. So, no, yeah. maybe I should switch it. Do you want me to do another one? No, that's fine. I think it's it's awesome, a little oldie but goodie. Can't be good, right? Oh, it's going to be awesome. All right. Well, if you want to stay tuned for that, you yeah. get to hear it. By awesome, I mean awful. <laughs> All right, Chris Grant, thank you, my thank friend, you. as always, and uh, been having a lot of fun on the system. Appreciate it. We'll keep you up to date on our brews. Sweet. And thanks for helping us out. Tasty, I think we're going to have to do a whole brewing consistency <laughs> show with you and Doc is what's going to happen. That would be great. All oh, two yeah. minutes. Sure. Uh, yeah. Like Doc be like has a, a lot to add to that, I'm sure. It'll be a four-minute show. And Sam, your wife, is now the uh, screensaver on the uh, chat computer, and she looks hot, so uh, very nice. All right, everybody. We'll uh, see you in a couple weeks. Chat, are you all right, buddy? I'm good. We're is, good. Is that it? We're done? OBF. We're done. Be there. Yeah. All right. Suck it, Schumann. Homebrew, don't you my mind. I love homebrew all the time. Yeah, I think I'll have it well.